hole It's all due to smoky cokey Left-handed, but just a bit Never forget that it's a snake pit Right hand out, oh no He's showing you famous people Safe on his phone So she could run about Take a bow, take the piss Smile when the camera clicks We're talking, but you're looking through me For someone important to schmooze with Until you hear that I'm moving Now you adore me And we're groovy Their fun comes from the glory Of what names they drop The next day in this story We'll pull out your stash We can chat till you're fashionably horny Cause you bore me <laughs> Hello there! Welcome to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for Jason Bourne. Mm-hmm. My name is Tom Chick, and I am here with Christian Marilski. Uh, can I just be known as Christian Assange? Oh. What? <laughs> Politics, sure. Kelly Wand, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and with a tagline or two or three, maybe more, for Jason Bourne, we have Kelly Wand. I have a bunch. They all okay. suck, though. Um He's like Jack Ryan, but not Affleck. Hmm. <laughs> Jeremy Renner's the Hawkeye of the Bourne franchise. Mm, that's not a tagline so much as a truism. Okay. Yeah, really. <laughs> okay, go on. Keep them coming. Uh, finally, a movie that taps to my enthusiasm for feeling perpetually confused. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, there have been other movies like that. Most movies, you know, the Star oh. Trek franchise, for instance, Anything but they're to- not tapping into it. Ah, right. No, they're warping into it. Yeah, actually, Star Trek is. You're right. That's true. Uh, the Born Legacy was born free because <laughs> the last one. Oh, because he wasn't in it. Right. Well, well, that's a good tagline for Born Legacy. The other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just kind of. Well, I thought of a new one for the last Born movie we did two years ago, Tom. Canada at the time. I can, uh, how did did you not like? Did you not propose like Born Free just as a tagline for that? How did we not? You must have said that, right? Seems like it's so obvious. I know that's why I had to use it now. Okay, because <laughs> we missed it before. Yeah, I couldn't bear it not being said ever. All right. Uh, Robert Ludlum was neighbors with Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> I read that in People Magazine. So maybe that's a good tagline. You know? Okay. Just put it under there. Like, it's informative. Right, right. Those are the taglines I have. Five All right. of them. Very so cool. if, if Robert so Ludlum had written a novel about that, he it would have been called uh, The Dangerfield Neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's his autobiography. Right. Did you guys ever read Ludlum? Yeah, I read this. I read uh, uh, the Born Identity. I'm, you know, I watched it today, and I remember reading. I remember it so vividly. I remember reading it as a as a kid, probably as an early teen, and really loving those early those early scenes of of his confusion, and really loving the way that uh, that was the first Ludlum I'd ever read, and really loving the way that Robert Ludlum, you know, brought this character out. Like he doesn't know who the hell he is. I, I loved that. I loved reading the the, the Born Identity. Hey, uh, here's the tagline: Kenny Baker, R.I.P. Two D. Two. What? Come on! No, that's kind of sweet. I don't mind. See? Kind of sweet. Yeah. Yeah. No, I said oh because I feel sad. Oh, oh. Oh, okay. I thought I was. I well, I'm going to cheer you up with a quiz. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. This is kind of, in, unfortunately, in Kelly Wan's wheelhouse, a little bit too much. So, Dingus, you're the underdog here, basically. Everybody's rooting for you. You're like in, uh, what's a Rocky movie where he's an underdog? I guess the first one. You're like Rocky, and uh, Kelly Wan is like whoever Rocky fights in Rocky. Is that the a weird thing is, I'm always the underdog, and nobody's ever really rooting for me. 
Well, I'm rooting no, for you on this one because yeah. I think this is one that Kelly – Kelly will actually get some of these. Any of these you get, Dingus, I think you'll have to guess at, but I think Kelly might accidentally know some of these. Here's what's going on. We just missed uh, a Tarzan movie with Margot Robbie and uh, Stellan – not Stellan uh, – uh, Alexander Skarsgård. Uh, we didn't see that. Um, Wait, hold on. You've settled on Robbie now. Yeah, I noticed that. Oh, I don't know. Well, Margot, the chick from how, how about this? Uh, the chick from Z for Zachariah. You know, oh, you say Zachariah? that. You said Robbie. <laughs> uh, we didn't see that Tarzan movie, but kind of we don't need to because there have been a bunch of Tarzan movies. Uh, Tarzan movies. The IMDb, for instance, lousy with Tarzan movies. What I'm going to do is give you guys the name of a Tarzan movie. We're going to start with Dingus and go back and forth between Dingus and Kelly Wand. Uh, and you tell me if it's a real Tarzan movie or if I just made it up. Ugh. Wait, some of these are hard, actually. This There's a lot of Tarzan movies? There's a shitload, and they have really stupid titles. Oh, which is why I think Kelly Wand might... Uh, Kelly's a Burroughs might have seen it. Yeah. All right, Dingus, is there a movie called Tarzan Returns? Yes. Unfortunately, there's not. There's a TV series called called Tarzan's Return, which is a little. Uh, You're going to Doug Bentz me on that? Oh, really? Um, well, did you actually know? If you knew about the TV series, Dingus, I will give you credit for it. No. The second no. book is okay. called The Return Obviously, of Tarzan. We have, I have to guess on these. <laughs> Kelly Wand. Do a Tarzan Tarzans to me. All right. Is there a movie Move called? Is there a movie called Son of Tarzan? Yeah. Kelly Wand, there is. Did you know that, or did you guess? think so uh it's from 1920 and according to imdb the plot synopsis it says the scenario follows the book closely <laughs> just so you know i don't remember him having a son in the books well dingus so didn't follow that part <laughs> is there a movie called she tarzan <laughs> oh this is a tough one wait what did you say is there a movie called she tarzan that's a tough one that's your hint can I ask about punctuation? Uh, she dash tar. Well, uh, no. I mean, well, okay. Yeah, she dash Tarzan. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was the first answer. So the, it, w- it would be a dash, not a comma. Uh, no, there's not. Correct. Thing is, you're right. Oh, Kelly Wand, is there a movie called Legacy of Tarzan? Um, no. Very good. You guys are both at one and one then. They Dingus. never oh, read no, Tarzan. He's at one and he's got two. Mm, oh, you're right because he got that one right. I wasn't giving him a point because it wasn't a real movie. <laughs> that's not how the, that's not how the scoring works. Just so you guys yeah, know. Dingus, here's no curve here. Here's your chance to tie. Is there a movie called The Revenge of Tarzan? I think that it was originally called that, and then people got upset, so they called it The Return of Tarzan. <laughs> Tarzan, he's the Sith though, more. Uh, this is raised by apes. The Revenge of Tarzan. Uh, I'm going to say yes. There is, Dingus, also from 1920. And I was curious, who would Tarzan want to get revenge on? So I read the synopsis, and here's what I find out. After a duel with a countess's jealous husband in France, Tarzan goes to Africa and arrives in time to save Jane from a lion. <laughs> I'm not sure what yeah. the revenge is in that scenario, but that's the... Uh, no. The lion. No. Kelly Wand, so now you're at two to two. Kelly Wand, is there a movie called Tarzan in Manhattan? Yes. What, why would you say that? Oh, I'm thinking of Jason. <laughs> there it's is. Jungle to Jungle. It's a 1989 TV movie where Tarzan goes to New York, quote, to rescue the chimp Cheetah who has been captured by an evil animal experimenter. 
Yeah, I kind of remember that. <laughs> Dingus, what about I mean, a movie called the it's like Search for it's Spock? It's a TV movie. Does he get the point? Some of these are TV movies, yeah. Uh, IMDb lists TV movies. It's so. three to two. It's a tight. Right, so race. we're doing TV movies now. Fantastic. Here uh, we go. We're doing so. things I looked up on IMDb. I mean, if you, if, uh, yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Dingus, is there a movie, TV or or regular movie? It might even be a TV series because TV series is, are on uh, might uh, be a IMDb. Magazine article. Could be an is there? Nope. It's a it's something that would be on IMDb because I, I don't know any of these. Uh, is there a movie called Tarzan in Manhattan? Wait, we just no. did this. Oops, sorry. Is there a movie called Tarzan's New York Adventures? <laughs> no. I read the wrong. There actually is from 1942. Ding! <laughs> Kelly Wand. I, I knew that was right, too. Kelly Wand, what about a movie called Tarzan in Arabia? In Arabia? Yep. Or and Arabia? In Arabia. Uh, yes. There is not. There is a movie called Tarzan in Arab, but I don't think it's a real thing because it was like a short that was made recently, so I'm Wait. not giving that's Tarzan and Arab. No, I, there's one called Tar. No, yeah, there's one called Tarzan and Arab, but I don't think it's a real friend. Uh, right. That's what he calls him, there's, or that's the guy's actual name. Uh, I, you'd have to watch the short yourself. Tarzan's a little short. racist. The character, because yeah. the apes were like, yeah, the white apes, fuck them. <laughs> All right, Dingus. So we have two points for Dingus, three for Kelly Wan. Dingus, this would tie it up. What about Tarzan's three challenges? <laughs> Is that a uh, is that a Tarzan game show? I I cannot answer questions like that. That is not an answer. <laughs> it's called oh, Jesus. What is it? Tarzan's three challenges. That sounds so silly. It's that's the thing. All right. Um, we just had Tarzan Arabia, Tarzan and Man, and all Tarzan right. New York Adventures was a real one. I've gotten all of these wrong. Yeah, I'm gonna say yes. Tarzan. It is Dingus. Very no, good. You're kidding me. It's, it's tied. A 1963 movie, and according to IMDb, quote: "The final test is a sword fight which takes place on a wide mesh net stretched over cauldrons of boiling oil." Fuck, <laughs> oh, that's a challenge. That's, that's like three challenges by itself. That, well, that's the third that one. Each cauldron is a separate challenge. The first, the first one is a penitent man, and the next one is the leap from the lions. There are two more before that. Kelly Wand, it's now tied. Dingus has three points, and you have three points. Yeah. Is there a movie, Kelly Wand, called Tarzan's Savage Fury? <laughs> uh, Sounds like a great car. Mm, yes. 1952, it is a movie where Tarzan is a guide for two British government agents uh, looking for uh, diamonds. Yep. Yeah, there's always diamond merchants in the mix. Tarzan's Savage Fury? Yeah, because yeah. I was like, what is he mad about? You can't tell from the synopsis. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's talking about his car. Could be. The Revenge also unnerved him. Kelly Wand, you have four points. Dingus, <laughs> you have three points. This will tie it up if you can tell me whether or not Tarzan, Juiced Up in the Jungle, is a real <laughs> TV movie or movie. Tarzan, Juiced Up in the Jungle. I'm glad this one's not mine. Uh... No. <laughs> Correct. There is no such thing. I imagined that one. It's a fever dream that I had. Oh, my gosh. It sounds like it could have been something like – anyway, go ahead. Well, Kelly Wand, what about Urban Tarzan? Is that a thing or is that not a thing? No, that's not a thing. It is a thing. It's a 2013 TV movie that you can watch for free on Amazon.com. It's in their catalog in which Tarzan runs the privately owned service, the Urban Tarzan Animal Relocation Agency. 
Wow. Urban Tarzan is a real thing. Dingus, Kelly Wand is ahead still by a point, so tell me whether... No, no, we're tied for four. He did get... I got Tarzan... Two steps in the jungle. Wait, you said that was not real, correct? Yeah. Okay, because that was not real. Yep, so I didn't give you a point because it wasn't real, but that's not how scoring works. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly Wand, this is a tie. Uh, There are two left, actually. Okay. So, Kelly Wand, you can pull ahead. Otherwise, it's my turn to guess now. Dingus... It is a tie. You can pull ahead. Otherwise, Kelly Wan gets the next one and has the chance to win. Dingus, is Tarzan and the Mermaids a real thing? Yes. It is a 1948 movie. Oh, I knew that one. There was even a Tarzan. Yeah, there's even a Tarzan in the Amazons. Tarzan gets around with some mythical chicks. Are the mermaids in in a river, Uh, or does does he go in the ocean? I actually did not look that up, I'm afraid. But it's a 1948 movie, so I don't know. Maybe both. That one's too easy. I'm suddenly interested in Tarzan and how he meets these mermaids. I've seen it. They're not real mermaids. They just like to swim. It's like killing Lutz. Kelly Wan, this will tie it up. He likes to wade. Kelly Wan, if you don't get this, Dingus wins the Tarzan competition. Is this a real thing? Tarzan goes bananas. Yes. No, it's not. I missed that. There is no such thing called Tarzan goes bananas, Kelly Wan. Dingus, you are the winner. You saw through my ruse with Tarzan juiced up in the jungle. Kelly Wan didn't see through my ruse with Tarzan goes bananas and thought that was a real thing. Uh, he said a Herbie movie was a Tarzan movie. I that so much, but I I think they are kind of interchangeable. I would love to see somebody make a movie where they put Herbie into all the Tarzan movies and Tarzan into all the Herbie. Tarzan versus Herbie. Yeah, we don't what? know that Herbie's brain isn't Tarzan's. That's a good point. It could be because he doesn't seem at home in the city. <laughs> well, uh, Dingus is the winner of this week's quiz. Your prize is that I get to tell you what I threatened to tell you earlier, and that is about a remake of Jumanji. I don't believe that's a real thing. I don't yep. believe you. That Why would you need to do that? It was made like two days ago. Dingus, it is time. It's time. Now more than ever, we need a new Jumanji. Uh, this is uh, directed by a fella who did... New Manji. Who did a, a new Manji. Very good, Kelly Wan. They should consider uh-huh. uh, A fella who did a movie you like called Zero Effect. Jake Kasdan will be directing the new <laughs> and this is a movie with Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart. Oh God! Oh, no. Wait, what? <laughs> yep. Wait. It's so it's a re. It's the fall. It's there. Okay. Right. Uh, it's so, not did, being... so did that thing they just made the CIA movie really do well? I actually don't know. It shouldn't have because I saw it. Um, oh, you did. Of course well, I did. You're a Dwayne apologist. It was called uh, uh, Central Intelligence. No, wait, shoot, was it Central? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds right. Wait, what did you think of him calling Vin Diesel a candy ass on Twitter? Well, Vin Diesel is a candy ass. Uh, that's a good point. Okay, <laughs> but why is that a bad thing? It's tasty. It's sweet. That's true. So he's really confessing something else about his feelings. Yeah, I think that I don't think he's confessing. I think he's just saying. My theory is that they do stuff like that to just get buzz for the new Fast and Furious movies. Is no. Celebrity feuds are never real things. Are you celebrities, saying – Celebrities no. aren't even real things. They're all Dwayne Johnson out. couldn't have an ego. Not my Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> That's what you're saying. I'm saying that he knows enough that – no, this is a – I'm guessing that this is a publicity thing. Oh. That's my guess. So you're telling me they're really in a Jumanji remake with Jake Kasdan? Uh, yeah, so apparently the whole Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, they're like a pairing now, uh, like uh, Martin Lewis. 
Zach Efron and I thought you were going to say Zach Efron and Seth Rogen. Um, but there, Alien yeah. A and uh, that guy who directed the Gary Shandling Alien movie. Yeah, well, it's way beyond my pay grade, Kelly. Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a new Jumanji. Dingus, your your run your second place prize or your second prize uh, is that you now get to tell us what movie we saw this week, so that we oh, yeah. podcast on it. Right. right. <laughs> well, this week we saw. Jason Bourne, mm. a 2016 American action thriller sequel Bourne franchise movie about the triumphant return of Matt Damon. Uh. It was directed by Paul Greengrass mm-hmm. and written by him and Christopher Rouse, who also edited the movie. Did Christopher Rouse do any of the, write any of the previous ones, Dingus? Do we know? He edit, he's edited a lot of uh, Paul Greengrass movies. But he doesn't have a script writing credit for the other No, this is his first screenwriting credit, but he's been an editor for a long time. Huh, so he hasn't written a movie before. Interesting. Right. Hmm. I know, it's hard to fathom. <laughs> yeah, Just like the Prometheus author. I think his one of his best lines was, he's on a computer. My favorite line was, they're fighting, sir. <laughs> All right. Actually, although it's more like they're fighting. Lines. I don't know if he's on a computer or their fighting, sir, is better. Well, you're doing it wrong because it's actually I did it wrong. It's they're fighting, sir. Ah. It wasn't quite fighting. He didn't quite enunciate it that clearly. She Tarzan. Not <laughs> <laughs> a real thing, Kelly Wand. She what? did Tarzan. Yeah. All right. So it's right. been the thing. <laughs> All right. So it stars Matt Damon, Alicia Vikander, Ugh. Vincent uh. Cassell. Riz Ahmad. Mm. Mm, see? And Tommy Lee Jones. <sighs> also starring the bags under Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, Ding is so rude. I thought those were injuries from a fight. I, I did too, actually. <laughs> Throughout the movie, I kept wondering, did he just get in a fight? He wears or them. Because he wears them so well in like No Country for Old Men. I mean, they belong there. That was ten years ago. I know, but still, we don't live very long. That's what I've learned over mm. the past forty years. The more you know. See? Jason Bourne is rated PG thirteen for intense sequences of violence and action. Well, and brief strong language. Did they get an F-bomb in there? I don't recall that. No, it was so brief and strong, nobody noticed. I don't even That's know. That's the only kind of bomb. I, but I was so bored, I couldn't tell. <gasps> what, oh, did you uh, say you didn't like it? No, I said I, I was so born. I <laughs> Good save. Uh, J- oh, Kelly Wand, is there anything that the MPAA should add to those uh, those lists of disclaimers the parents should know about? Uh, I would have added defensive driving, uh, off-screen bullet wounds, and classified information. <laughs> okay, good. But I'm not a, you know. Kelly Wand, I have a, I have a present for you. Are you ready for the elegance of this? <laughs> On Rotten Tomatoes, Jason Bourne, the, the number of positive, the percentage of positive reviews, fifty-seven percent. On Metacritic, the average rating from various reviews, fifty-eight. At the mm-hmm. box office. It's opening weekend take, $59 million. What? How about no that, way. Kelly Wand? That's fucked up. Some beautiful symmetry. 57 Rotten Tomatoes, 58 Metacritic, $59 million opening box office weekend. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's symmetry. It's uh, integers. 
Well, considering one's a percentage and one is a million, or it's consecutive. <laughs> consecutive. There you go. It's, Which, but I would say that yeah. there's there's a certain symmetry maybe to consecutive numbers. I don't know. Well, there's fear, there's fearful symmetry there. Yeah. At any rate, it's aesthetically pleasing, I thought, which is more than I can say for the experience. Only of one of them makes them happy. Uh, <laughs> speaking of making us happy, Kelly Wand, I would like for you, because this movie seems like you don't have to do much work, to tell us what happened in the movie Jason Bourne, in case we, for instance, like Dingus, I thought I heard him say Dingus, I thought he said he was bored. He didn't say that. But let's say maybe somebody was bored and they missed out on some of the plot events. Kelly Wand. Tell us those plot events in synopsis form. What would it be called? The Jason Bropsis. You can't just add R's. <laughs> I told you that before. The Jace Ropsis Bropsis? Why would it be Boropsis? Because I already gave you board. Yeah, but... But, well, yeah, yeah. Right. I should never guess. Go ahead. Moving on. Jason Borpsis. Some words are all Jason Borpsis. <laughs> Some shaky cam shows us Matt Damon shooting people in slow motion while Albert Finney's all, Your name's now Jason Bourne, or it was before, or it's mine. A CIA keyboard haltingly types Grease 2 on the U.S.-French border. Matt Damon takes his shirt off while a bunch of Arabs cheer excitedly. He gets annoyed and punches one in the face. <laughs> Another guy with a nose loses interest and gets in a truck. Matt Damon stoops and gasps for breath, exhausted from just one punch. Some words are all Reykjavik, Norway or Finland, Sweden maybe, parentheses, fix this in post. Julia Stiles walks up to a cargo container, knocks and says, Grandma farted on my reservation. A guy's off. There's no password and lets her in. Once she's inside, the container turns out to be a blue computer room. Steph beats at her. <laughs> Some of these are right from the script, by the way. I thought that guy did a good job for first time. Because there's a lot of terminology you got to know, just CIA and film, both. Too. She opens a briefcase, pulls out a brooch, and starts typing. There's a shot of the Pentagon, but no location text. You just have to know this one. Inside, we're... T- <laughs> You're obviously watching this in Washington. It's just... Inside, where two of the five walls join, Natalie Portman clicks on quarter to three and sees a headline that says, My confidence in the CIA is temporarily below average based on the last couple Bourne movies by C. Murawski. Portman types, run circumference, diagnostics. A map of Syria comes up. The blue square next to Styles' headshot beeps. Some words are all Styles' character found. <laughs> Portman picks up a phone and starts taking it apart. Meanwhile, in Reykjavik or Syria, Styles on a different computer clicks past Snowpiercer and Swordfish and finally clicks on Wicker Man. <laughs> As suspenseful music plays, a download bar rockets to 2%. A guy with a beard in Portman's computer room yells, We have a major breach! Someone find out who I am! Styles clicks on a headshot of Matt Damon that says Larry Spiders. Then she types, Express install malware. All the lights go out. Men scream and start shooting each other. That's what happens in the dark. 
Meanwhile, Portman types the words Julia Stiles with an I. Parentheses both times. Some words appear. 309 matches. She types I shape. The program suspensefully sifts through blue lines circling random people till it freezes on a still of Stiles looking stoned in a hospital bed from the omen. Portman gets closer to her screen so she can stare better. The camera pan <laughs> The camera pans to some flickering red words at the corner of her screen. Beneath Styles' picture, words ominously spell out still secondary character in Born franchise. Three exclamation points. Question mark. She makes Tommy Lee Jones and his black and red haired friends meet her in a conference room and hands each of them a folder containing headshots of Julia Stiles and that girl from traffic who kinda looks like her. Tommy Lee Jones is all. You really stirred up a beehive with this, Rhubarb. I'm giving you full operational control. Don't make me regret not changing my mind. You and I are going to the big house. Only one of us is just the man to do it. We good here? And how's that coffee coming, Strawberry? She's all, yes. Matt Damon thinks he sees Styles losing interest at one of his boxing matches. He explains the situation to his opponent, who gives up, then runs through the crowd over to where he thought he glimpsed her, only to find a note that says, Dear Matt, meet me in the middle of the nearest riot. I'll be one of the blonde ones, impossible to see in all the tear gas and smoke. Signed, signed, Styles. In the Oval Office, Portman types the word parabola. Her screen turns into a graphic overlay of grease. A red square labeled rioters advance down a yellow rectangle labeled street. A pink square labeled girl from traffic beats down a side alley. A blonde square labeled Damon parentheses born bleeps down another alley. A gray parallelogram labeled asset advances down a third alley. A black upside down crucifix advances down a fourth alley. Portman's all, sir, there are a bunch of marks on my computer thingy. Tommy Lee Jones leans into frame, squinting even more than normal. He's all, looks like we got one heck of a hoedown in the hen house coming up. Tell Agent Asset to exercise prudence and target our Bronco like a bat out of hell an hour before sunup. We're all going to be wishing we'd woken up the rooster. Now lose that chrome-plated sissy pistol and get yourself a Glock, young lady. This ain't the TSA, or didn't you get the memo? She's all, sir, I think Bourne has a motivation, but Jones is already riding a mechanical bull. Suddenly... The mean-faced man with the nose who got into a van in the first scene attacks Damon with his fists, then runs away, then shoots at him, then runs away again. He gets on a phone, calls Tommy Lee Jones and goes, Plan 69 didn't work. He's still standing here watching me. Hang on. Now he's getting out of phone and calling someone. Hang on. My phone's ringing. One second. Hello? It's Damon. I remember you from weeks ago because you got into a van and drove off when my boxing match was over. That was pretty unusual. Most people drive away from me in a Jetta. Who is this? Damn it, he hung up. Now Damon's hanging up. Shit, I don't know who he called. I was too distracted by that incoming call. Now he's walking away. Repeat, subject receding. And he's gone. We did it. I can't see him at all. Mission complete. I might need next week off. Tommy Lee Jones is all, initiate protocol four and hangs up. The guy with the nose is all, initial what? Meanwhile, Matt Damon tricks his pursuers by one of the rioters uncomplainingly letting Damon borrow his only Molotov. Then he gets onto a train. <laughs> That's how good a spy is. People just let him take things in their hands and then just keep walking. He's also good at getting swag. One of the other passengers on the train's all, Hey, I tried to grow potatoes the way you did on Mars, but I'm having trouble making the tent explode. Damon beats him up and steals his motorcycle. He drives down a bunch of streets till he finds one with Julian Stiles standing by it. 
He's all, hop on. No, behind me. Jesus. They drive off as agents and rioters and guys in turbans chase them upstairs and through parades and into some fruit carts. Styles is all, I think we lost them. A bullet shoots her, knocking her off the bike. The guy with the nose smirks from a distant rooftop and kisses his sniper rifle's trigger fondly. He calls Tommy Lee Jones and goes, mission reaccomplished. I followed your directions exactly. Shoot the blonde one. The male blonde one. The guy with the nose is all, uh, wait a second. He looks through the scope to see Damon's ass as he crawls awkwardly past some CG towards where Styles is sprawled in the street. He's all, Styles, it's me, Matt. Don't move. I'm going to slowly stay out of view of the shooter and not do anything. <laughs> wait, I just had an idea. Toss me that thing in your outstretched hand. Styles painfully raises her arm and lobs the object in Damon's direction. The guy with the nose shoots her dead. Damon's all, awesome, thanks, shit. I thought... Uh, okay, never mind. My plans are going to work after all. Actually, wait. Julia, it's me still. Matt, do you have a gun on you by any chance? The guy with the nose shoots her dead body again. Bob Barker stands up beside me and goes, Price! Wow. Wow. The guy with the nose calls Tommy Lee Jones and goes, Don't worry, I have Damon cornered behind some CG. I'll just wait up here till he shows his face and then shoot it with my rifle. Tommy Lee Jones is all. Now, this is getting a little long in the tooth, plus we're getting some noise complaints from the rioters. Just head to Berlin and hope Damon shows up there. Next time the wolf shows up in the flock, we'll be there with the blind show. I want half a can of whoop-ass. And another thing, whatever you do, just because we're the one who killed Damon's father and the ones he's coming after, don't make this personal. The guy with the nose is all. Whatever my name is, when it comes to whatever we're doing, it's always personal. This time. Wait, is this Damon? Jones sighs and hangs up. Portman's all. Sir, requesting permission to go to Berlin and look at a monitor there during the next chase. Bourne looks at his black friend for a second, who shakes his head, then nods, then shrugs. Meanwhile, a Mexican person is giving a TED speech. He's all, thank you, thank you. A guy in the back's all, we didn't applaud, the Mexican's all. But if I could bring the house down, when I was a child, I promised myself that someday I'd invent a computer chip that did something. Well, today I fulfilled part of that dream. He reaches into his tuxedo and pulls out a small piece of silicon that says Samsung on it. He's all... It may not do much yet, but I've always been a cup-half-full, vaguely ethnic person. He snatches up an empty glass from his nearby stool and flourishes it proudly. Thank you. Thank you all. He walks across the stage to a limo, gets inside, and says to Tommy Lee Jones, Does Matt Damon's character know mine? Greengrass hastily cuts to Damon using the key Styles tossed him to open a bus station locker. Inside is a notebook. He thumbs through it, then turns it upside down and thumbs through it backwards. He squirts lemon juice on an empty page and holds it up to the light. It's still blank. He nods grimly and turns the page. There's some diagrams of blue and yellow squares labeled car chase, motorcycle chase, car chase two, and finally one labeled flashback, followed by a sad face emoticon and a bunch of Zs. <laughs> Damon stares at this and his forces his eyes shut. He flashbacks to him and his dad eating dinner in Italy, somewhere just before the movie started. His dad looks over his shoulder and watches Michael Caine stare at a pair of empty seats nearby and smile. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very nice deep pull, Kelly. I see. <laughs> Like the dad's all, see? Batman's well, dead. Kelly was right. Autopilot fixed. All of these scenes exist in the same universe. Would be yeah. It's in the, it's all the same movie. Damon's eggs. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> After all that, undone by the smallest thing. 
I don't even want to do the line now. <laughs> on. We'll cut it in post. The dad's all. See, Batman's dead. Kelly was right. <laughs> Autopilot fixed. Jesus. Damon's all. God, these eggs are good. Get the yolk. The dad's all. That's great, son. Now listen, for once I did something, but unlike most actions, it came at a cost. Damon's all. What? The dad's all. Hang on. He gets up, walks across the street, and gets into a car. He shuts the door. It explodes. <laughs> Pretty good for a first movie, though. Damon's all. Hmm. He keeps eating. In the present, Damon's all. Hmm. He looks down to see that he's eaten about half the notebook. He's all, ugh. <laughs> Starts spitting out bits of paper and metal. Then he's all, hmm, again. I'd forgotten all that stuff with my dad's lunch happened for three movies, but now it's all coming back to me. I better <laughs> kill Tommy Lee Jones till he tells me what my dad meant to say. Maybe it was I forgot to take my car in, and that's why it blew up. He squeezes lemon juice on the remains of the notebook, holds it up to the light, nods, and resumes eating it. Then he opens a laptop and types, location of next scene, question mark. The red rectangle flashes the word Berlin. He types, what? The red rectangle flashes the words, fucking Berlin. Damon squirts lemon juice on it, angrily. In a computer room, Portman's monitor suddenly starts beeping. A red alert appears on her screen. Bus notebook, 50% consumed. She's all, sir, my monitor keeps beeping. Tommy Lee Jones all, I can read a screen, young lady. Wasn't raised in Arkansas. Now get our Berlin team together and have them target our asset with extreme PG-13 intensity. She's all. Speaking of which, sir, I found a Google article here describing Damon's personality. I think he can still make a few more of these movies. We just have to massage it a little. You know, maybe show him Spectre, remind him the bar's gotten pretty low. He says a bunch of stuff really fast that ends with move out. Meanwhile, Damon goes into a high-rise and gets into a fistfight with a computer hacker, then tricks his pursuers by using an elevator to depart the building. <laughs> they use the stairs, those idiots. Gotcha! Super spy. They didn't check the elevator. Except that one guy who stood too close to the door that swings out for some reason. Like elevator doors always do. You always got to pull those open. <laughs> we all know that. First movie. First movie screenwriter. First movie. Some words are all London, Ireland. Damon grabs a cell phone from the same guy whose Molotov he stole earlier, dials the number, and goes, This is Matt, uh, Jason Bourne. I need to talk about my flashback. A bearded man's all, Who? Damon's all, London Square railings, 16.9 minutes. He shoots the phone and hangs up. In a graphics room, Portman looks at some monitors showing colored squares again. She's all, sir, Damon's square is approaching Trafalgar Square. Okay, now he's walking around. Now he's bending over. Now he's clenching his teeth and his face is red. Okay, now he's walking again. Now he's waving his hand behind himself. He just passed a baby carriage. The baby just started crying. Now some flowers he just passed are dying. Agent balding black guy, agent ponytail face, move in. Agent black guy's all, we got the... The mean guy with the nose shoots him and walks past, looking meanly at us as he flips us off. I lean over to John Le Carre sitting beside me and go, I kind of relate to that guy. Damon tricks the CIA by hitting a button on his phone that makes multiple fire alarms go off. <laughs> he walks on the screen surrounded by screaming people terrified of burning alive from the fire they all think he started. He finds a crowd with the bearded guy he wants in it, then shakes him and goes, Why do I keep having flashbacks in this movie about lunch in Beirut? The bearded man starts to answer, but suddenly Bourne turns, sees the mean man, then uses the bearded man as a human shield, just as the mean man fills him with bullets. 
The bearded man dies and bleeds all over Matt Damon. Damon's all, what were you going to say? He jostles the bearded corpse a little while the guy with the nose shoots him some more. Damon's all, hello? Suddenly the bearded man coughs blood and starts to answer. Damon raises him as a human shield again as the guy with the nose refills him with bullets. Then Damon attacks the man with the nose by jumping onto a wire and falling to the ground. <laughs> Damon breaks his fall. <laughs> First movie! <laughs> Since his head's trickling a little blood off screen, the guy with the nose doesn't shoot him. Tommy Lee Jones sighs, picks up the phone and goes, Nasal asset, you're done in London. Least anticlimax is something. Now let's go to Vegas and put a pin in this rodeo before this T-square dance gets out of hand. Damon runs around and looks in vans till he finds one with Portman in it. He breaks the window open using his hand. She's all, it was unlocked. He gets in and makes her drive and talk to him. He's all, so what's going on? She's all, there was a program in Langley. I think that drug that Renner had to take in the last movie doesn't apply to you or has been retconned. He's all, let me out. He goes to an airport, hands a suspicious TSA passport inspector behind the counter, a headshot of Affleck with a $1 bill paper clipped to it. Then waits as the guy slides it into the passport machine. In a keyboard room, Portman rapidly types dollar signs. The passport guy at the airport looks down as his computer bleeps. An error message is all normal looking. The guy's all, welcome home, Mr. Spiders. Damon goes to a spy convention in Vegas. Scowling walks along some booths bedecked with gadgets that say, record other people's conversations illegally, happy face. And CIA spy cams 30% off during Ramadan. And pilfers what he needs from each tabletop or shelf as he stomps past. Super Spy, first movie. <laughs> no one would be guarding that stuff. They made surveillance equipment. They, would, they wouldn't keep an eye on it. In a third act room, Portman's all. Sir, requesting permission for full operational control again. Tommy Lee Jones is all, well, you're 0 for 88 so far, but we'll just chalk that up to your learning curve. Portman's all, that sounds awesome. In Vegas, some showgirls on stage clap and scurry aside to make way for the Mexican entrepreneur who walks on stage and hugs someone. The crowd cheers. The Mexican guy sits behind a desk joining a panel of other nerds. A distinguished-looking MC walks up to the podium and goes, As you all know, I invented computers, and I have only three months to live. From the desk, the Mexican guy's all, Hey, I want to talk first. He squeezes between <laughs> the MC and the podium, grabs the mic away, and goes, So public safety versus personal freedom, who's with me? I, for one, favor the latter. Someone in the crowd shoots him. <laughs> it makes you think. First movie. Outside the game. <laughs> That's from the script, by the way. It seems like a weird stage direction. But it's his first movie, so let's cut him some slack, guys. Uh, yeah, I'll just cut forward to what he wrote next. Outside, the guy with the nose gets into a mysteriously unattended SWAT truck with the key in it and starts barreling through heavy traffic, plowing through dozens of cars and killing hundreds. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones is all, everything's coming together perfectly. Warren stands in front of a VW and waits for it to break. The driver gets out. He's all, hey, man, first you punch me when I come to your boxing match, then you steal my Molotov without so much as a thing. <laughs> Damon punches him and steals his car. He gives chase to the SWAT truck till it drives into a casino and smashes through a bunch of slot machines and blackjack tables, slaughtering and maiming dozens of pedestrians. As the survivors and security guys cheer, the guy with the nose gets out and runs to a hotel room upstairs. Warren parks on a roulette wheel, croupier, and chases him up to the motel room. 
He draws a gun and confronts the guy with the nose, and Tommy Lee Jones, who's also there, and goes, okay, so who played my father? As Tommy Lee Jones starts to answer, I wander out to the refreshment counter and leisurely consume three white Russians. The German concessions guy watches me warily. I'm all, you know who I wouldn't mind seeing as born for the next one? Daniel Craig. He doesn't say anything. I lurch back inside and after many false starts and excuse me, find a seat without a kid on it. <laughs> on the screen, Damon meets Portman at a cemetery. Portman's all, your dad didn't want you to be in these movies, but he's an idiot. People love the first two. You should make six more. Then we'll meet another cemetery and do this again. Damon's all, I'll think about it. He walks off. Portman sighs, gets into her car, and accidentally sits on a tape recorder. She's all, ow, fuck. She retrieves it from her ass crack and reads the attached note. To the brunette from Jason Bourne. She hits play. From the speakers, my voice is all, you know who I wouldn't mind seeing as Bourne for the next one? Daniel Craig. <laughs> she turns it off and grits her teeth as Bourne walks towards us, his jaw clenched bitterly with triumph. The end. <sighs> Thank you, Kelly Wan. Thank you Jason so Martin. much. Thank you so much. I had a lot of time. Thing is, you implied, I thought, so you didn't say you were bored. That's not, huh. I misheard you, did I? I heard it. She Tarzan. Okay, I what? think bored is a terrible word to use. <laughs> I do want to note that one of, one of the notes that I wrote uh, as I was watching the movie, and then I transposed my notes as, as I do, and then write about the movie as, as we're going on, uh, or before we do the show, was uh, it's an hour in and I couldn't care less what's going on in this movie. Oh, I beat you. I'm way, I'm way earlier than you on that. Well, yeah. congratulations. I mean, I, an hour in, and I was just like, I could not care less to follow what's going on in this movie. I mean, I can concentrate on the movie. That's fine, but this is everybody just seems so just to be sleepwalking through it, and and it, it's just it's like, horrible. That yeah, Brent did hacking stuff early on. I was like, really, the movie's going to be this dumb. Seriously, yeah, like right. the, the, the born, the early born movies at least are super smart, and this is what it's come to: this just absolutely lazy, brain dead, inept hacking sequences. Oh my god, really? Like that's that opens it. Good lord, yeah. that stuff was silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all like that. I thought least, Bourne's whole thing was he made really interesting weapons and would get in a fight with a magazine and shit like that in the first one. Yeah, magazines are always against him, and he's really good in fights against magazines. Right. But in this, it's just guns, and I don't know. He didn't, well, in this, it doesn't even fun. give credit to him supposedly being smart, or uh, right. Like they, 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 that door opening outwards scene, Kelly Wan, that you're that you're you're mentioning. That's the classic <clears throat> example. There is the guy is sitting outside, guarding the door. How does Jason Bourne know that there's a guy yeah. on the other side of the door? The movie doesn't tell us. We just are supposed to take it for granted. You know, when Vin, Vincent Cassell is taking a shot at Riz Ahmed, how does Jason Bourne know where the sniper is? Right. If he doesn't tell us, we don't know. It's, it just happens. Uh, right. You know, why would Jason Bourne answer the hacker dude's phone when it's ringing after he's dispatched him? I mean, the guy's getting a call. Big deal. The mm. movie doesn't tell us. You know, I, he just does it. It's full of that kind of stuff where the movie's not even trying. It's yeah. just so lazy. Like, for instance, uh, when Vincent Cassell shoots Julia Stiles, what suddenly is the deal where he knows exactly where the bullet's coming from? Why do the Greek police know exactly what building to go into? Uh, I mean, it's kind of weird to bring this up, but I couldn't help but think of it. When there were uh, uh, demonstrations in Dallas and a sniper opened fire on the police, it took them hours to figure out where the guy was, what he was doing. I mean, right. the guy was holed up for and why wouldn't it? And, and in this movie, Vincent Cassell takes one shot and shoots a girl off of a moped down some isolated street, and then a tactical Greek 
police team storms the building. I mean, <laughs> the, the script just doesn't tell us anything about why people are doing what or how they know things. And there was, that was so much a part of the early Bourne movies is, you know, and he even asks at one point, you know, why do I know that if I run a certain number of minutes that uh, my, my heart rate will go up and I'll get tired? Why do I know there's probably a shotgun under the bar? Like he's, he's wondering these things. That, that demonstrate to us, the audience, like why he's so smart. And these are things that they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, we as the audience, the movie communicates to us really cool common sense details about how he's super smart, super shrewd, mm-hmm. uh, one step ahead of people. This script just can't even be bothered to explain or justify any of that. It just happens. Right. So freaking lazy and yeah. annoying. His oh. tactics are totally random, like – if he's like, okay, we'll go this way through the parade. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh wow. He and then they and then they all just like get stuck in the crowd. Like, ah, oh, he tricked us. Like, well, even that scene, like he sees Vincent. Because I mean, I guess maybe he was supposed to recognize him. But how is he going to pick Vincent Cassell out of a crowd? And and by the way, Vincent Cassell of all people, he should blend in in a crowd of Greek rioters. Right. I mean, that guy's face. It looks like it would totally belong with a bunch of Greek rioters. Uh, and he's, but walking he's not trying like, to. There's no effort at stuttering. Right, right, exactly. He's walking around like the Terminator, trying to stand out. Yeah, uh, they all are. And that well, this, this movie cribs a lot from the earlier movies, though. I mean, that that very thing happens in Born Supremacy because he sees Carl Urban, you know, walking in amongst a bunch of people of, uh, who look like people from East India. <laughs> and he's like, that guy he looks knows at me that twice. though after he's got. I mean, Born Supremacy does a good job of establishing. Yeah, exactly. That he sees that he's shot Franco Patente. Like, uh, he, he no, sees but this him. is well before that. This is why they. This is why they have to rabbit, uh, because he sees. Carl oh, oh right, and he's right, like, right. he's in the wrong clothes. He's in the wrong place. He's in the wrong car. It's just wrong. I don't know him. I just know that everything about him is wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and and it's the same with that that shot. Of of that sniper shot of the asset Vincent Gazelle shooting, you, you know what's going to happen. By the way, once uh, uh, once uh, Heather Lee uh, Alicia Vikander's character starts doing the the co-driver from rally racing, which that whole thing when she's calling out to him, this is where you turn, this is where you turn, this is where you turn, yeah. which is actually something I kind of like because I like that co-driver thing that. That Tom showed me on some video game at some point. That's, uh, that's from that's how actual rally racing goes. It's real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I actually like kind of like those videos, and I kind of liked the way that worked. But the way that whole sniper thing works out, you know, because Julie Stiles is horrible in this movie that she's going to be shot off the back of that motorcycle. But that's directly taken from Born Supremacy. Well, th- um, yeah, I mean, I would, this movie could be called the Board Redundancy for all I. It, yeah, absolutely, very good, Tom. Why why didn't we just call it that? Absolutely. Uh, and so that that thing that you're talking about, him recognizing him in the crowd, it was w- much better done, much more well done in Born Supremacy before they have to rabbit because he sees Carl Urban's character, who I think is Carrick or Killick, uh, coming after him when they're hiding when they're hiding out, and he knows this guy's wrong here. Uh, but there's none of that here. There's none of that nuance here. It's just a, a bunch of brooding and running. You know, you know, it feels like you know, uh, running, jumping, climbing trees, and putting on makeup when you get there. I mean, there's there's nothing here that really. Wait, what? What was that? <laughs> it's, it's an idiot sort of thing. It just feels like we're just gonna run. We're gonna run. We're gonna run. Then we're gonna brood for a while. Then you know, you're gonna put some makeup on me and put some blood on me. Uh, th- there's nothing here that really has any energy to it, and that's what drives me crazy about this movie. There really, I think ninety. 90- of this movie is just Matt Damon striding purposefully. Yeah. 
It's While like, other people watch it on screens, that uh, we that, don't see. Yeah, that whole idea of just put Tommy Lee Jones and Alicia Vikander in a room and have them bark watch orders. And when she calls, and this is another thing. I mean, again, this is why early on in the movie, I'm like, really, you're, you're going to be that dumb movie. When she says, enhance. Like when she says uh, that, that's a joke now. How can anyone do that yeah. seriously in 2016? I know. Oh my god! Like, what? Are you really that dumb, Paul Greengrass? Seriously, you're going to shoot that? That is exactly when that when that came down. I went, you can't be. I, yeah. I wrote in my notes, really. And and two of our listeners who wrote in, Grant Stewart, uh, he, you know, one of his first notes was, uh, "Use sequel to disrupt their behavior." Or I'm sorry, use sequel to disrupt their database. I mean, he was nuts about that, but he also went enhance. Oh, oh, SQL, right, right. That's the, yeah. the early hacker talk. That yeah, was the SQL. very first thing that flashes where he's like, "Oh, okay, we're going to do hacker stuff." That seems suitably obscure enough. I don't quite know what that means. That could be possible. You know, let's uh, go. Let's see where a smart board movie is going to take right. this. And I thought you were supposed to say the sequel, but I guess ask maybe. I don't know. I've never had um, to say that out loud. And and then and Chris Markinson said the same thing. He's, he's he was he knew that we were going to cue on that. He's like enhance. I can't believe they used the word enhance. Well, and, and also just like when like she speed watches at one point, like they're they're fast forwarding the tape, and she's like back two seconds. There was a blonde. Yeah. What really? Like, is that her superpower? Is <laughs> she yeah. could, like watch fast forwarded video in real time or something? I, I did kind of like that whole idea of like uh, you know monitor all of the social media that's going on at this riot right now. That kind of stuff. I mean, the the computer stuff is, in this is so ham handed, uh, and this is I think another thing that that Chris said that's. It made me laugh when I was watching it. Is that whole like you're gonna label you're gonna label the folder black operations? Right. <laughs> really? yeah, I mean, I know how to label my porn folders better than that. It's more honestly. comic book than Suicide Squad. Like Suicide Squad has like the, that folder that says Top Secret on it, like big red font, like like a cereal box looking right. And, yeah, and, 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 and Stewart like also that. said like the USB drive has the word encrypted, encrypted in big old black encrypted. letters. That's yeah. amazing. That's for people in the cheap seats. It was hilarious. Right. That was. Yeah. <laughs> It was like, really? You're going to label it black operations? There's a point, too, in the movie where, uh, again, this is like, really? The movie is this dumb. When he's flipping through her notebook, we have a big old shot of the word Treadstone with an arrow pointing yeah. to Iron Man, just so we know. This is from the previous movie, just in case you're right. not thinking. It's not the same thing. It's a new thing. It's the same thing becoming the new thing. You know, I mean, that, that kind of right there is a metaphor for the entirety of Jason Bourne as a movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, just absolutely. simple right. scrawl with an arrow pointing to something that's a so duplicate that of the previous word. That yeah. means nothing. What's yeah. the revelation? That his fucking dad was... Yeah, what is the revelation? Yeah, you guys oh, talk me through dad. this. Oh that's what I got out of it. was like, you didn't want you to be a killer. Wait, he didn't want, your, he didn't want you to have a, this awesome career where you <laughs> saved the world? Constantly and like. Well, his dad didn't want him to. Yeah, yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah. His so dad his dad's shitty at his job then, or like, why wouldn't you want? I don't understand. But I think you're right, Kelly. One, I think that is supposed to be the reveal that he's. So why would to- anyone else care? Why would that be the revelation for? Oh, it's Treadstone. Oh, it's Jason Ford's dad. Uh, like, because it would keep. The, here's. Let's pretend for a minute. Dingus, what's the name of the guy that wrote the script? I mean, I feel this guy really deserves credit. You remember? Yeah. The, the name. Well, well, one of the names of the guys is Paul Greengrass. The other. Oh, no, right, right, right. Christopher Rouse, Christopher Rouse, okay, who so. has done a lot of editing, and this is his first script. It, it really does sound like uh, you know he and Paul Greengrass are like, you know, I'll let you work on this one. Why don't you bring me something a treatment? We can. Work uh, I can only imagine how that went down. Right. Um, These aren't easy to write, though. Ooh, 
I, I guess so. This is what happens when uh, you do it when you're not a trained qualified. professional. Yeah. yeah, it's a spy movie. But I, I really, if I were defending Christopher Rouse, like if I were him, I would, I would say to answer that question, the reason they don't want him to know this is because then they can't bring him in. They can't like have him come back and be a, a trained assassin. And I, I'm not even sure the movie's that clear on it, but it's, that would be my theory, maybe. Which, by the way, that, that again gets to the very end. So he's like doing a sick burn to Alicia Vikander because right. he heard her conversation where she's like, you know, we really need to get him on our side. We really need to hire him. And the guy's like, well, what if you can't? She's like, well, okay, I'll put him down. I mean, he would know. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, they're going to they're gonna run from him. Right, right exactly. Like, he, this, is, this is a reveal. Like, this is something that, whoa, he totally got her because he found out that that's what she believed. Like that, right. that's, that's supposed to, again, be like a little, a little tweak, a little button that it ends on, a super clever bit. This idea that, yeah, she's admitting we're going to have to kill him if we can't bring him in. Yeah. And whoops, he finds out, so now he's never going to join him. Oh and God. that she's evil for that. Yeah. Like, oh, Bourne's, Bourne's wrong to trust her. Like, what the fuck? This is the fucking CIA. She's like, doing her job, that? right. Like, she's a woman doing her job, and yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Oh, I thought they had a – they were romantically – like, why would he even burn yeah. her like that? Like, what's that even convey? Like, is that – I'll think about it or a no? Because he's going to be back anyway, and he's just it's going to be them chasing him again. I can't. So repetitive. The whole fucking movie. Every sequence is the same. Yeah, it's just repetitive and tired. Although I did think briefly, there were a couple of times during that riot scene where I was like, you know, Paul Greengrass, he does know how to shoot a riot. Because you go back to a movie he did called Bloody Sunday. Yeah. The guy does a good job with like a big old crowd that's that's sort of seething and on the brink of erupting. And you could sort of see, even though the movie's Mm. terrible, a little bit of that skill from Bloody Sunday in the riot scene in in Jason Bourne, it there reminded were, me. You can there see were times, it, but it just goes on and on and right, on. Right, right, right. Oh, and yeah. I will say there were times I I briefly thought that I was excited during those bits. Did you see Black Hat, Tom? No, was, but it made me. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, me, you guys did that when I wasn't around. Yeah, uh, it made me think. Surely Black Hat is more fun than this. There's a parade at the end of the movie where everybody's <laughs> wearing red, and there's the, the characters knife fight during it, and no one, none of the people in the parade of the riot care, and that's. <laughs> true of this one too like they're not reacting to born and this you know what i mean although that yeah yeah you're right you're absolutely right about that uh, kelly they're extras (laughs) don't look at the camera don't don't notice that the characters are shooting each other it's just a riot anyway (laughs) and uh, you know chris markinson says the same thing he says during the greek riot two riot police start following born and somehow are able to walk through throngs of protesters unmolested (laughs) how does that happen but the problem for me is that it just that that whole sequence from the the riot going into the the car chase versus motorcycle goes so on so long i just yeah. i got i just lost interest there's there's no energy in it and and i watched born identity and some of supremacy again and it, every single action sequence there's so much energy yeah. and just because you're doing things and punching things and blowing up things and shooting things doesn't equate to energy or a feeling of of passion or charisma from the movie. This movie just has none of that. I, I have no idea. I have no idea why Matt Damon and Paul Greengrass came back to do this, if they're going to sleepwalk through this thing like this. Because that's just what it feels like. I kind of feel, Dingus, I, I, I hate to say this, but I think we might have lost Paul Greengrass. I mean, you yeah, look at this, right. this ingenious yeah. string of you know Bloody Sunday to Born Supremacy to the United 93. And you look at that trajectory, and you're like, man, how can that guy go wrong? And then we get Ultimatum, which some people were into, but it, it didn't work for me. Uh, yeah. 
Green Zone, Captain Phillips, which had some notable things, mainly due to the cast, whatever you remember from that, uh, and, and now Jason Bourne. Like, uh, look at that trajectory. Well, um, I get so frustrated by it, and um, I watched it with uh, with our friend Alexandra today, and or not today, uh, yesterday, um, and she's just like, why is the camera moving so much? Yeah. Um, and, well, I, and I was trying to explain... Yeah some of his uh, his style as a director and why that that unlocked camera thing that he does works so well in United 93 or Bloody Sunday, as you said, Tom. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it's perfectly justified and thematic for those movies because of the, the almost pseudo-documentary style for both of those things. I mean, less so for Bloody Sunday and more so for United 93, but still. And, and we both, uh, you and I, Tom, um, we're able to justify it, I think, for supremacy because it, I don't know, it just felt kind of right. Um, but to do it for every single movie, I feel, is a failing. It's like, is it's just you're you're not going to justify it thematically. You're just going to keep doing this thing where you're 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 doing it as if it's found footage or a documentary, and you're not going to ever lock down your camera for thematic reasons. What's going on here? I mean, it's it's really disturbing to me. And when you said it looks like we've lost him. I felt like we, I felt kind of the same way. I actually would defend all the. I, I think you're not doing this, Dingus, but I think a lot of people unfairly dismiss Paul Greengrass's camera work, which is his trademark, uh, as shaky cam. And I would actually defend the way he uses that. And I kind of, I, I didn't mind it here. I, I appreciated, you know, that's that's what he's going for, and it, it's. I agree with you. There's not much energy here, but that's part of how he gives his better movies energy. Is this you are there documentarian style of, of cinematography of shooting? Uh, so I, I think the problem with this movie is just that it stinks and isn't necessarily Paul Greengrass's, mm, okay. which often dismissed unfairly as shaky cam. Uh, but he does it for every single movie. And was I was that in that, Captain Phillips? I don't remember. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, uh, I could be wrong about that though. Because uh, it, it works, and this is I just recall thinking from Born Supremacy, because I don't think Doug Lyman did it in, in the first No, Born he movie. did not. Absolutely. But it, it works as, as a, a such psychological representation of, of Born's state of mind and right. how it it's kind of like sort of dreamy and floating when he's not in a fight, but when he gets in a fight, it, it's just whipping around, it's super fast, it'll just zero in on something. Um, there's, a, there's a brief shot in, early on in uh, Jason Bourne of Matt Damon's face, uh, and it and this is before I hated the movie. It's right. And by the way, why was he uh, like a cage fighter Fire? without a cage? Or what the heck was that? Who knows? I don't, don't understand. I didn't understand that first scene. At that all. made no sense. I, I was forget like, how the third one ended. It, at first, it made me think of Rust and Bone. There's this great scene in Rust and Bone where, but it was just because of the van. Uh, where they where the characters drive up in a van, and the character who's learning to be a fighter gets out to do a fight. And it's this great sort of uh, there's this great character motivated thing that goes on it reminded um alexandra of the cage match at the beginning of x-men apocalypse between angel oh, i'm gonna have to see that i guess i'm gonna have to see that now aren't I? um but uh but for here i didn't understand it just makes no sense and i don't i thought maybe it was supposed to make sense or well, alexandra said it, she thought it was because he had sunk it's just to show how how low he had sunk why would he sink though yeah well, he well. How did the third he, movie end? Well, not not to he, be. He jumped simple. into the water in the third yeah. movie. Is isn't that so right? Like he just disappeared, jumping into the Hudson River, didn't he? So that that's how he sunk. He started. Yeah. Uh, he's he's disappeared, and he disappeared from the last movie. Uh, and presumably, he's been doing something, and maybe he's been making a living, or you know, keeping himself in shape. Oh, you know, I guess if that's the idea, like where they 
trying to make us think, oh, he's having to use his fighting skills to make money, like to feed right. himself. I don't know. Or, or he's just, yeah. pun- he, but he just does one punch. It's, I mean, it's the worst opening ever. Um, but but there is a shot though of his face where Paul Greengrass does a thing that only a documentary camera would do, where in, not just shaky, but it zooms in a little bit on his eyes and then decides this isn't enough. I'm going to zoom in a little bit more. Um, and I don't hate that. Like I kind of like these almost editorial comments from the cinematographer. Uh, and, and I appreciate that in a thoughtful movie. Like this movie's just lazy all around. But when it first did that, I was like, okay, that's an interesting choice. A little commentary from the cinematography is here's Jason Bourne. Let me get a little closer. That's no, not enough. Let me get a little closer. Like I kind of like that sort of thing when there's thought behind it. Or and, and for the most part, I think that that does exist in Paul Greengrass's first Jason Bourne movie. But uh, and that's that's his trademark. And I'm. In, in United 93, of course, it's brilliant. Yeah, but it, I don't remember if it did it in Captain Phillips, and that wouldn't make any sense, really. Uh, well, I don't think it makes any sense here, but I, I mean, I, I accept what you're talking about, and I tend to brook those same complaints about how did not, you didn't, did you call it shaky cam? That's how some people describe it, yeah. Yeah. Shaky cam, yeah. But I think, I think as an, as an artist or as a director or as a cinematographer, you have to choose what works for each movie, and it seems like he's using the same trick. That we're going to just float over your shoulder back and forth and during the scene rather than locking a camera down for any scene um, every single time. And I don't think that works for every single movie. And it feels like it's just what you like to do and you don't care what the, what the, what the, what the material is. You're just going to do your thing because that's your style. I think thing is the movie would just completely implode on itself if Paul Greengrass ever put the camera on a tripod. It would, just, okay. it would just follow up. I mean, it would just stylistically, it would be so jarring. You would just forget what movie you're seeing suddenly. It would just right. take you out of it like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> That's a good point. Speaking of taking me out of it, let's talk about Alicia Vikander. Oh, my gosh. Why are you making those sounds, Kelly? I just think she's a little uh, overexposed for how many bad movies she's making. I don't know. She doesn't... Come on, work. Ex Machina, Kelly Wand. Ex Machina, right? Huh? Ex Machina. Come on. See? <laughs> Here's the deal. It's like Schwarzenegger and Terminator. She's good as a robot. It's not always a good right. sign. She doesn't have a lot of range. <laughs> not only not a lot of range, there's there's a moment early on in the movie uh, where she has learned something about Jason Bourne, and she sort of leans back from the camera, and she's supposed to be reacting to it. So there's a shot of her, and there's just nothing on her face. Yeah, she is yeah. not expressive. She's a beautiful girl, of course, but I think that's partly why she worked so well in Ex Machina. She does not have an expressive face. You can't tell if there's anything going on behind the eyes. Thinking. Yeah, exactly. And it's just so painfully obvious in this movie where I think they mistakenly figured, yeah, she'll seem like a cool, officious, efficient spy or something, and she's just blank. Uh, well, is that what we're supposed she... to think of her? I don't know. I don't think so, no. I mean, Markerson thought she sounded Irish. Oh, no, that's adorable. I think she's Swedish, and every now and then you can hear a little bit of that in her voice, which I I was – as I was watching, I was like, is she Canadian? I was like, no, no, she's Swedish. She she was raised in Sweden. So every now and then with a a vowel, she'll do this almost Canadian thing where she'll – like the words I wrote, uh, copy, got, contact. Like she'll do a weird thing with her O's that is her Swedish accent, which I kind of think is cute. 
but it does catch my ear as well. Yeah. So she's not. She just doesn't quite have it yet. She doesn't quite have it. I mean, she's like twenty two, twenty three or something. I mean, she's a yeah, young yeah. girl, but uh, ingenue. Yeah. Yeah. But she's up for being director of the CIA. I mean, I love. She's gonna parlay yeah. that into yeah. Imagine a twenty two year old girl as the director of the CIA. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> um, I yeah. I do. I do feel weird about that. There's a moment, and this is kind of, I mean, I didn't like her in this. I, 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 but I didn't like the character. I didn't get it. Um, I don't either. I don't understand think, what, what her arc does at all. I don't think she plays it well at all. But there, there's this moment later in the movie when they're doing the uh, ex, Exacon um Gallery, whatever the whatever the hell. I think it was obviously a huge, exciting convention. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Huge, you know, the excitement. I mean, I did. I did like all the swag that Jason Bourne was collecting in order to use later. Because at first, uh, like, why are you collecting this swag? What's going on here? Oh, that's right. You're going to drop a tracker in this guy's pocket. You're going to use the camera later on. Fine, you're collecting swag to use later on. That's good thing of, that stuff was there. Um, he sure is resourceful. But when uh, when they're on stage and they're and they have the whole like Rizamed is going to do his I, I confess moment, um, and uh, director Dewey, the CIA director Dewey, Tommy Lee Jones, is saying, um, "All right, uh, take out uh, Kalur and the girl." I'm like, yeah, like the girl. And I don't know why I should know who. First of all, I spent most of the movie thinking his name was Kalua. Uh, which I thought was a terrible name. It sounds like a dog's name or something. His name is Kalur. Um, I don't know why I should even know his name. He's barely an important character. Her name is Heather Lee, which I think is also a terrible character name. Yeah. But, but at least Director of the CIA, Heather Lee. At least she's an agent. How about naming her Heather. instead of saying, uh, the girl? go ahead and take out Kalur and the girl. Well, Dingus and then he says that again. Director of the CIA. Kalur the girl. and the girl. And I feel like the sniper could be like, all right, I just get to choose a girl then? <laughs> this thing is just to demonstrate that Tommy Lee Jones is the bad guy in the same way that anytime someone drops an N-word in a movie, you know they're the bad guy. I, d- I, I, I just hated that so much. <laughs> I just felt like it was such lazy – it was just and it's so, so endemic of, of this idea of, of, of women is just interchangeable. It just, it just name her. Why can't you name well, her? Well, no, because he's, hey. he's the bad guy. I mean he's, that's, he's only doing it because he's the there's bad guy. I mean that's girl. clearly – it's clearly a thing that's supposed to make you think, oh, Tommy Lee Jones now is sexist, so he's totally evil. It's totally that. It's just uh, – I think it's – I, I hate it. Well, all movies lazy, but it, I think there's intention behind that, is, believe it, it or though, not. Or was it just lazy? But if everybody though. on stage had been women except for one guy, would, would, the, would that character have said, take out Kalur and the boy? Well, no, I mean he's doing. The, of course not. My point is, I think that this is about, this is Christopher Rouse and Paul Greengrass writing into the script something to make us dislike Tommy Lee Jones. This isn't the script. This isn't the script writers thinking, oh, women are interchangeable. This is this is a, a plot. This is a, a character trait where we're supposed to think Tommy Lee Jones is sexist, and because we're supposed to dislike him, All right. uh, which is I think I think it's horrible screenwriting. Well, it's so. I mean, yeah. I mean, of course it is. It's it's a. It's like I said, it's like in a movie where you just gratuitously have someone drop the end bomb to represent, hey, he's the bad guy. Um, not quite that that dire, but it's but the it same seems, thing. It undercuts his uh, his villainy then, because or not his villainy, but his competence. Because oh, well, if sure. you're giving a target, like if he he 
he would be a more effective villain if he was very precise about it and neutral. But by calling her the girl, if you're making him sexist instead of just like a ruthless opponent, you're making the movie shittier. Well, Vincent Cassell, I mean, like they, I care if he's sex. Oh, he's oh, so Damon should kill him because he's sexist, as opposed to oh, Damon may not be able to kill this guy because he's like ruthless or something. Yeah. Well, Vincent Cassell and Tommy Lee Jones have been talking though about like like it's clear that that uh, Alicia Vikander's character, right? That that's that she's a, a liability and that uh, that he's going to shoot her. I mean, that's that's something that they had talked about. And he he like he is Vincent Cassell's like the rogue asset, like because he's shot previously on behalf of Tommy Lee Jones Instructions, he like Alpha Team and Beta Team, right? Like he's oh uh, that is oh that yeah. sequence. Really Did he call? Probably, yeah. He didn't call Styles the girl. I loved Alpha Team and Beta Team. One of the guys, like, they're supposed to be undercover, right? They do that Secret Service thing of tossing <laughs> into their sleeve, complete where like, you cock your hand back so it's clear that you've got yeah. a microphone. And they're doing that out in the open, in public, <laughs> like I as know. undercover it's guys. I'm like, awesome. oh, that is that is so cute that nobody bothered to say, uh, you're undercover, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no technology that could enable them. I mean, we can catch a, a camera photo of anybody on any part of the planet earth but we don't have technology enabling somebody just to talk without like into their sleeve the thing is they even have a direct feed into the sniper scope on vincent cassell's sniper <laughs> rifle <laughs> i love that i love that so much yeah was it was jack ryan the movie where the girl's in the airport and she's going down some steps and she does she like basically like p- kills someone to like steal something so she can hack a computer and like no one pays attention to her and it's like super crowded stairs in an airport. It might be, but I'm not quite sure. You remember that? Okay. Unfortunately, guys- my my overs and unders are a little bit weirdly generic, so I'm not minor, sure. minor uh, redundant or uh, yeah, redundant sequels are mine. Kelly, oh, what did you do good. for your? What's your category? Don't give them, give them to us just yet. Uh, I went with Ludlum and. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we do our overs and unders, uh, do you guys have any frame of reference for like why it's such a shame that they would ri- waste Riz Ahmed in a little part like this? Oh, yeah, definitely. Kelly Wan, do you recognize him from much? Uh, the entrepreneur guy? Yeah, yeah. Um... He looks familiar. Yeah, I know you, you. 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 He's in a movie you really like that I know Dingus knows. Yeah, in a movie that was on my list of top ten movies. He's someone's. He's someone's sidekick who's super likable, even though the main character isn't really likable. And yeah. he hires him for thirty dollars a night. And he gets shot. And that Dingus. Oh, sorry. What? High rise. That's a huge spoiler. I'm gonna bleep that out. You should. Neon <laughs> uh, Demon. Dingus, you can have this one because you you were the. Uh, you like the movie most of all? Uh, Nightcrawler. He's the he's the sidekick uh, in Nightcrawler. Oh right. I also. Yeah. Dingus, I think you've seen Four Lions, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I lo- I mean, that's where I think I first saw him. Yeah. Because you have not seen this predates Four Lions. He's in a, a great BB8, uh, uh, BBC series. Um, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> well, you know what I was thinking. He's also in Rogue One. He's in Rogue One. He's like this guy's. This guy's career is going great. He's just killing it right now on an HBO series called The Night of, and he's one of the leads in the new Star Wars spinoff, Rogue One. So, um, but there's a BBC uh, zombie uh, miniseries directed by a fellow named Jan Demange, who you guys know from a movie called Seventy One. 
That was his first movie. And uh, before that, he directed this this awesome zombie series called Dead Set, and Riz Ahmed uh, is from that as well. He's the main character uh, throughout that. What's the uh, name of that uh, that director? It was uh, Julian Assange. Uh, Jan Demange oh, right. is uh, the director's name. He's a playwright who did Dead Set, and then the movie Seventy One. He he directed it. Uh, so yeah, and I love that guy, and it's just a shame to see him just sort of. I mean, I guess it's cool that he's in a big summer quote unquote blockbuster, um, but a thankless role. No, I'm glad, yeah, he's, so I'm glad he's working. I mean, I, I I too really loved him. I loved him in Nightcrawler. Yeah, and not just working, Dingus, but yeah. but taking off. I mean, he's yeah. he's a he's a, maybe a, like a another Oscar Isaac sort of situation. I think uh, he's also his Do before you he was Oscar Isaac was in Born Legacy. No. Do you remember? Uh, I do. Yes. Um, yeah, I remember. I mean, he was the guy in the cabin. He's the guy in the cabin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. When he's good. comes back. Yeah, he's really great, yeah. and it's just a short. Full love. Yeah, that, you know what? Oh, never mind. So good in it. Yeah. You're making me want that to be my over. Although I didn't. Well, it is. So I mean, for whatever whatever problems someone might have with Born Legacy, way better than this. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Just uh, watching yeah. the first like 30, 40 minutes of it. Um, I was, I, you know, I, there is a lot I didn't like about it, uh, but holy cats! At least Tony Gilroy has the presence of mind to add a bunch of energy and understand how to He's how trying to, some how to create characters that are that are invested in the story. Because when we get into this story, I just don't feel like Bourne wants to be there, mm-hmm. yeah. or that Matt Damon wants to be there. I, I I'm so befuddled as to why why the two of them would do this. I'm not sure. I remember. I don't oh, was on. was Matt Damon in this? I don't really remember him. Though. Oh, he might not have been. It was probably Ben Affleck. Yeah, I don't remember who was playing Born in this one. It didn't really register for me. That's a good point, Tom. Yeah. He said he had like the reason they didn't do a fourth one sooner was like, yeah, it's getting kind of tired. Like we've done it all. Like it'd have to be a really good script to justify a fourth one. <laughs> but I don't even think he could do that. <laughs> um, can I ask you guys a question? Uh, what is your favorite computer moment from this movie? Oh, there's so many. I mean, the enhance is <laughs> tough to beat. Although that may not be a computer, that could technically be a technician doing that. There's so many great computer moments. Uh, I'd have a hard time picking, I guess. Kelly Wan does. I just, yeah. uh, just like every time you see Tommy Lee Jones look at the screen, like when they've cut to something like in like one of the like the riot or something, and then it cuts to Tommy Lee Jones looking at the screen where it's the squares, but his reaction. Like, Fuck! That was a good punch. <laughs> like my, they're all watching it. I thought of my favorite. My favorite is when Matt Damon is on. He's on a train or something. He's got his iPhone out because that's a computer, and he's called up Alicia Vikander's like CIA yearbook photo, and her little <laughs> quote underneath it is, "I'm joining the CIA because I think I can make a difference." <laughs> oh god! Like, that's on the internet somewhere, and that's when he does research on Heather Lee, CIA. <laughs> Wait, what's that supposed to mean then? That was him doing research on her, so he knows. No, no, yeah, but why would she say that? That's her quote she gave to the CIA yearbook <laughs> for her photo. I totally forgot that. I love that. Wait, so are we supposed to think at the end? Oh, she didn't make a difference because she would have put him down. Like we're supposed to be. Oh, she's sold out. Like she started in high school, she was so awesome when she well, wrote that. But the, now she sucks. Well, she ends up playing into the climax of the movie. I mean, it's, she's important in that regard. Uh, and the problem is, I think she shoot trying, the dude. Good. I think me. they're trying to do a thing like they did with Joan Allen, where she wanted to do her job, but she almost had this. 
I mean, and not just maternal because she was a woman, but she had this sort of regard for him. She cared about him, uh, but she was still doing her job in the CIA. By the way, what did happen to Joan Allen? Did she? Did we lose her in the last movie or something? Was she in the third one? I don't remember. Isn't she? I thought Joan. Wait, she was even in Born Legacy. She was going to give testimony at the end. And there's just no mention of her or anything here. And that, no. So I think that's what was going on with Alicia Vikander. No. She, we're supposed to think, you know, she kind of likes him. She respects him. Uh, but she's going to do her job still. Um, I mean, I think they're trying to do some kind of character like that. I don't know. Wait, so why didn't that guy kill him before? The guy who was watching him all that time. Vincent Cassell? Yeah. What were they waiting on? Um, you mean before? Right, because his whole thing was he He's got watching tortured. Him. Yeah. Uh, I think he was trying to, wasn't he? He when could have killed a million. When he was watching him, when? In the boxing match, because he gets in the van and drives away. Are you sure he was like, there? Because I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, because that's because so. Bourne sees him later. Bourne flashes back to him getting in the van. goes, oh, yeah, that's that guy. No, he's no, 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 that's that blows up. The scene from his dad. Yeah, he saw him get in the car when his father was... Well, it was assassinated. All right. Because, yeah, okay, so Kelly, why don't you look like, straight? Uh, so the there's thing, a blurry guy, there's a blurry guy, there's a blurry guy, and he finally comes into focus. The first time he sees Vincent Cassell, then, and this is what I was getting at before, is when he's walking towards them in the Greek riot, isn't it? So why would he know who – because he exactly. – you just instantly right, – Exactly. Yeah. There's no reason for him to suspect a, a very European-looking fellow with a scowl on his face in the middle of a right. riot. Like, Instinct, because he knew him from his father's death, but Good he doesn't point. know that he knew him. The memory hadn't uh, quite that. Right, right. Why would you use the same guy, then? That seems dumb. Uh, does either of you watch The Night <laughs> of? You, you guys don't, right? You can't be bothered. Everyone was telling me to. So another guy from The Night <laughs> of is wasted. Uh, Malcolm Smith, the guy who's going to drop off of a, of a, the roof. Uh, that guy is amazing. Is a homicide detective in The Night oh, of. Really? I love that guy. So it was awesome seeing two people from that series here, but they both got wasted. Nothing was done with them. That's the theme of the movie. Let's yeah. waste people from Night of. Yeah, exactly. So um, is the dad in it? The dad? No, the dad is the uh, grandfather from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. Oh, Oh, no, no. Right, right. Uh, Bill, shoot, and he's in United Night. He's the only famous uh, Greg Clark. No, not Clark. Greg Greg Henry. Greg Henry, right. The only famous guy in United 93, I seem to recall. Yeah. Is he in the other Bourne movies? I don't think so. So suddenly. Hey, your dad's here. Yeah. Yeah, that's so dumb. Well, it does make me wonder. I mean, whatever reason Paul uh, Greengrass cast him in United '93? Like, did they know each other? Like, because United '93 isn't a lot of like you don't you don't generally know the actors in that. And Clark Gregg right. is a well-known. Uh, I'm sorry, Clark Henry is a well-known uh, character. Greg Henry, Clark Gregg. Greg Henry. Okay, because Clark Gregg is Col- uh, Agent Coulson. Breaking bad. Oh, right. Isn't he? Uh, yes. <laughs> so anyway, my favorite computer moment is when. Uh, oh right, right. When um, Heather Lee says, there's a phone in the room, we can use that to delete all the files. Delete files for the phone, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> but first thing is she has to break through the three firewalls between the phone. <laughs> right, there's a whole yeah. progress report going on there, that's great. Oh, She's a really good typist. Oh, so ridiculous. I loved that, I loved the way that all of those like progress bars, progress bars, progress yeah, bars. Yeah, Meanwhile, so suspenseful. Christian DeSalt like smacks him with a dumbbell, and I think uh, yeah. Chris Markinson says, "But that doesn't hurt Born. Like falling five <laughs> floors doesn't hurt him either." That made me think of the awesome bit in the Nice Guys, where uh, uh, 
uh, Ryan Gosling falls off of the building, and then later uh, uh, the, uh, he's he says, did, "Did you fall? Like, do you just remember that from yeah. uh, when he's at the ceiling of the building and then he gets to the bottom and Russell Crowe and they're having the gunfight and Russell Crowe's like, how 'How'd you get down there so fast? Did you fall?'" Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Gosling's like, "Yeah, I fell." It made me think of Ford coming down out of the roof of of that building where the wire catches him. Oh, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. But one's a comedy, and the other he, one's the nice guys. Yeah. Right. He smacks into the cement. There's a little blood on the ground <laughs> and on his mouth, and then he pops yeah. up and runs away. I mean, it's really no big yeah. deal. All right. So for overs and unders, is for redundant sequels where they're just kind of retreading stuff they've done before, and it's not very good. My over because I, at least this movie, Cameron's still trying, and there's still a lot of you know Dingus said there's no energy here, and he's right. There's still a lot of energy in this sequel, which I feel is going to retread in so many ways of the first movie. Uh, I was never a big fan of Terminator Two, so my over for wow. this would be Terminator Two. My under for redundant sequels, uh, Jaws Two. Which has no reason to exist and is so uh, just here's here's Roy Scheider and we're just going to do the same thing. Nobody believes him. There's a shark uh, and the shark ambushes some people during a big event and he saves the day. And uh, Jaws two is just so terrible considering the movie that it followed. One of the rare perfect movies in all of cinema, and we got Jaws two. So that's my under. This was better than Jaws two, not quite as good as Terminator two. There you go. And I'm bracketing. Yep. Hmm. Dingus, your theme was what? My theme was uh, government surveillance movies. <laughs> okay. Uh, so would you rather have uh, – okay, let's go with my over. My over would be closed circuit. Mm-hmm. Could see that coming. Yeah. Because uh, that movie's Citizen Kane compared to this. Yes, it really is. And uh, and I really didn't care for that movie very much, but at least it had some uh, yeah, decent relationships movie. in it. Yeah. Um, and I thought Eric Bana was good, and Rebecca is it Rebecca Hall? Rebecca Hall, oh yeah, uh, who's really good in it too. Um, but I'm just getting tired. I mean, you know, Hannah would be so far over this, uh, but with all that, you know, I'm just getting sick of the CCTV thing, um, and how they're just sort of relying on that. And I mean, when you if you watch the the first couple of Bourne movies again. Uh, you can sort of appreciate how they parcel that stuff out, but don't lean on it. And it seems like these, this movie just leans on it. It's just constant, like, let's just call up images. Let's just call it, like, like you're hacking? Oh, we hacked the agency. Oh, you found a backdoor? Okay, now, now let's uh, do some malware. What's malware? I, oh, who cares? I'm just going to put some malware over there. I mean, it's just constant. Just We're sitting in, in, a, in a room tapping on keyboards and calling up images. Um, and, but at least I think closed circuit has a little more drama to it. Um, so under this, and this is a little unfair since I have not seen this movie in forever, but I would put enemy, enemy of the state under this movie. <laughs> what? It's Gene Hackman and Will Smith, right? Yeah, come uh, on, Dingus. What I know it's the it's this the uh, spiritual sequel to the conversation, as far as Gene Hackman. Yeah, it's the same picture. Uh, but uh, but I really I couldn't stand that movie. All due respect to. Uh, to the uh, memory of Tony Scott, I really couldn't stand Enemy of the State. It just didn't make any sense to me, and it was—it just seemed silly. But all of these, any of these movies that deal with the competence of government uh, surveillance agencies in 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 this particular way, uh, so that's what—that's kind of what I was bracketing. Dingus, how do you feel about 
Oh shoot! What's it called? Dead gum it. I should have. I, I shouldn't have pulled the bat up to my shoulder. Uh, what's the one where Shia LaBeouf uh, attack? Eagle like, Eye. Yeah, right, right. Eagle Eye. He fights the government robot that's yeah. Julianne Moore's voice, surveilling mm-hmm. everyone. What's her name? Ju- Julianne what? Julianne Moore. All right. Uh, the, um, the redhead, the hot redhead. Yeah, but it sounded like you said Moore. It, you, so it sounded like you did one of your weird friends. Uh, Moore. Yeah, well, I'm part Swedish, Dan. I guess I haven't gotten rid of my accent yet. Uh, I did not see Eagle Eye because uh, one of my best friends told me, don't bother. Come on, it's DJ Caruso. Oh. You love that guy, right? Yeah, but you told me not to <laughs> well, What's uh, his first name? Uh, I don't know what DJ stands for. Disc, I guess. Oh. Uh. Kelly Wan, you have some over-unders for us, don't you? Hey, that's a pretty good one, Tom. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> he's doing the oh, – well, we'll get to this in the 3x3. Three three. Uh, he's Wait, doing, he's like doing the, uh, the sequel to ju- do the reboot of Jumanji. Uh, even better, Dingus. You'll see. In the 3x3 three three standpoint. You did like Robert Patrick in Terminator 2? Um, yeah, he was interesting. I just feel like it was every it, the story like story wise it was beat for beat kind of a review of, of Terminator yeah it was just James Cameron and hey I got a bigger yeah, budget and I've got this true. cool new technology here that I want to show off so why do you hate Joe Morton oh was he in uh, that one that was that yeah. I guess so yeah he's Miles Dyson I think. that's a cool scientist name yeah, yeah I, like I don't that. know if, yeah. I don't know if I'm right about that but yeah. Doctor Gleberman's in it or whatever his name is. Yeah, he is. He does make an appearance. Yeah. Who's Dr. Gleberman? The therapist? Or the police psychiatrist? Yeah. The, the this guy, the, oh, right, the guy right, right. Yeah, yeah, he's, right. he's Sarah Connor's yeah. doctor or something. He's in the third one, too. Right. He shows up, and uh, I guess he gets nuked in it, though. He dies in nuclear war. Poor guy. Uh, Kelly Wan, you said something to do with oh, yeah. Robert Ludlum, and the other one had something to do with nothing, you said. I can't wait. Yeah. To what, what are your overs and unders for Jason Bourne? Well, I forgot to mention, I also went with uh, movies with acronyms for titles, like Jason Bourne. So my over is uh, Osterman Weekend, and my under is Debs. What is Debs? I feel like I should know what that is. That Jordana Brewster movie with uh, <laughs> that's you and Dingus's deal. I don't care about her. What Who's does Debs it? stand for? D- dynamic, educated, uh, beautiful bitch squad spies. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> dynamic, what? educated, beautiful spies. S can't stand for spies because <laughs> that would give it away. <laughs> it would yeah, be. right. It stands for espionage. <laughs> Uh, Kelly Wan, do you know that Alicia Vikander is the new Laura Croft in the Tomb Raider movie? Mm, I'd still Vikander. One, two, three, not only you, la. we got one She's good Vikander. She's not, though. Like you said, it's like she looks... Like, we already have Natalie Portman. Why do we need, like, need Alicia Vikander? She's yeah. a poor man's Portman. <laughs> She's poor Portman. Because she just I mean, she was a gr- register in this movie. It's weird. But or remember in Seventh Son, Dingus? You might not. I mean, even in Seventh Son, she's just, like, blank. There's... She's like Rose Byrne with no soul. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I think it was, uh, again, Chris who said that he liked that they didn't try to sexualize her or anything. Why not? Uh, and that's not what I'm talking about. Uh it's just that she doesn't pop. I mean, even Tommy Lee Jones is weird and saggy as he looks, pops. She just she's, doesn't seem to have anything going on here. 
and that, yeah, she, well, so. she's got that. Like, remember, she's got that little. She's got some cute flirty scenes with Army Hammer and Man from Uncle. I seem to recall. Yeah, all right. But other than that, yeah, nothing I've seen her in makes me think she's. In Wait, she's in that because she's all right in that movie. Um, she's all she right because it's just sort of like like airy flirty stuff. I think, right? Yeah, but she's yeah. a little more fun in that movie. That's true. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, that movie's, so, that movie's all surface, though. It doesn't hold them. Yeah. Yeah. But it, she's great. And uh, didn't wasn't she nominated for an Academy Award for something? Was it Ex Machina or something else? No, it was uh, wasn't it the um, the thing she did with uh, oh, Danish Harry, Girl with Eddie Redmayne, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. She's got to be good so. in that then. So maybe we have to see that. Maybe. All right. In the meantime, Kelly Wan, before we see the Danish girl, let's do a three by three. What is this week's topic? I'm really excited. I about bet you this are. Topic. Yeah. Uh, we all are. I'm very excited to hear the themes that you guys come up with for your lists. <laughs> There's a lot to work with here. So many avalanches in movies. I myself was very impressed at the sheer range of choices that I could pick from. In but I wound up going with like. Never mind, you'll see. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm going to go first because I'll be introducing next week's 3x3. Three three. So my third favorite avalanche in a movie kind of isn't even – it is in the movie. But it's not the movie's avalanche so much as the real avalanche that the movie is imitating. Uh, there is a found footage movie. Uh, <laughs> re- yeah, anytime you lead with that, that's not good news, right? Like you know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I had a farm in Africa. I had a found footage movie. Uh, do you know – Barry Levinson did a found footage movie about like killer fish. Do you guys know that? <laughs> what? Yeah, I watched yeah. it. Oh I god, watched it's it. terrible. Wait, Ugh. what? What is mm. it called, Kelly Wand? Uh, Parker's Parker's Mill or something. Uh, see, yeah, something like that. Like here's, it's here's got a really dumb. Title. Yeah, like here's the place, and you can infer from the title that something awful happened. I seem to recall it is some name like that. Did you say Barry Levinson? Barry Levinson. Yeah. Kelly Wand and it's I really saw it. It's a found footage horror movie. There's like chemically mutant fish attack people or something like that. Yeah. Or it's it, they it, they make you sick though. Right, right, right. But don't isn't there also like the and fish, they, yeah? There's like a fish bites someone or something. I don't know. Wait, I forget now. It's called the Bay. The Bay, very good, Kelly. Wand, oh, right? I remember you guys talking yeah. about this. The Bay, yeah. Well, right. this isn't the one I'm talking about. Sorry, this is another one where Rennie Harlan, his latest movie is a found footage movie. Uh, and I was just thinking of directors who should know better. Uh, but Bobcat Goldthwait isn't his Bigfoot movie found footage? Yeah, what is it with these yeah. uh, people? Yeah. Bob, what is it with these quality directors doing found what footage? What was that movies? Bigfoot movie? Because I remember you showing me a scene from it, and, oh. and what I identified was, hey, that's a craft beer in the background. Yeah, uh, Willow Creek is the name of that. All right. Yeah. Um, so Rennie Harlan's found footage movie is called Devil's Pass, and oh. in it. Some kids, for a reason I'll tell you about in a minute, uh, are going to like Russia, and they're going to go to Russia to to check out something in the snow. Uh, and while they're there, an avalanche hits their tents, mm. and then they have an adventure in which they discover uh, this mystery about things where there's an underground bunker where there are Russian uh, teleporting super soldier mutant demon uh, creature things that have gone bad. Right. Now you're just making stuff up. No, they sort of travel through time and everything. Uh, and this is Rennie, This is the movie Devil's Pass's explanation for an avalanche that occurred at a place called Dyatlov Pass in the Ural Mountains, which is a real event 
1959, some, some college students were hiking there, and they went missing, and eventually their bodies were found. Um, they, they weren't fully dressed. They, they didn't have on their winter gear. Uh, some of them had some, some uh, violent injuries, like, a, like brain damage and broken bones and stuff. Uh, there are various little salacious details like, oh, somebody's tongue was missing. Um, and, oh, there were the, the footprints in the snow ended somewhere. And, oh, the, what, this tent, this tent was demolished. And we think it was probably demolished from the inside. So there's all these little sketchy details that have led to people thinking that, that these, these eight, nine, however many kids that died at Dyatlov Pass, that something sinister and mysterious happened. When, in fact, no such thing happened, this is just a factor of uh, the Soviet Union investigating a crime in the remote wilderness in 1960 is not going to be as efficient and forthcoming as another criminal investigation might be. Uh, and the way information is suppressed or passed on, uh, all this is just a big mess since then. So there are little holes in the account where what obviously happened was these kids were out camping and an avalanche killed them in the middle of the night while they're in their tents and they're not dressed and they're sleeping and their bodies were under snow and eventually thawed out and were found this way and uh it just if you look at the evidence of what happened if you just read about Dyatlov Pass obviously people just died in an avalanche but for whatever reason it's this Bermuda Triangle like mystery that uh people have speculated about and so Rennie Harlan decides to make a whole found footage horror movie called Devil's Pass where the avalanche is there but the real culprit are these teleporting time traveling super soldier monster mutant russian soldier things so hmm. that it's, is my that's my favorite my favorite avalanche isn't the one in the movie it's the one that actually happened to kelly one so i don't know if i'm gonna get in trouble with that no it's fine okay i think it's really paying attention that brings us to your third favorite avalanche in a movie uh mine actually didn't happen in the movie either what okay you're pulled over that's enough you can't just be <laughs> Driving around bird dogging. Dingus, it's like you and I are both speeding, and you're the one that got pulled over, and I'm just driving on. I know you're gonna you're gonna keep driving on when you hear. Okay, here's a quote from it: When the avalanche came, it took us a week to climb out, and somehow, uh, somewhere, we lost hope. Dingus, you think ice is fast? Yeah. So this is also a Rennie Harlan movie. Yeah. Um, and this is Deep Blue Sea, uh, and it's the avalanche that Samuel Jackson's character talks about. Uh, and describes how they turned on each other, and now he is he is he is breaking their code at this moment. They, they were not going to. They were. They swore an oath, and we're not going to tell anybody about this. But at this particular moment, he is going to tell the story of what happened at the avalanche, because seven people went into that avalanche. And they dug this, them, themselves out, but only five came back. Indianapolis. It wasn't the ice that took them. But ice moves. I mean, it's like ice. Um, ice moves with a purpose, like it has a taste for murder after after having killed the Earth once. Uh, so it's uh, my third is Deep Blue Sea, uh, Samuel Jackson's monologue about the avalanche. Does he actually say you think ice is fast? Because as I said that, I realized ice isn't fast. That makes no, no he, sense. No, he says, do you think water's fast? Ah, oh, right. That makes more sense. Water, it, water is fast, by the way. So yeah, yeah I was thinking ice. That's a terrible. Yeah, it's terrible like, writing. Ice is not fast. Okay. Yeah. Do you think water's fast? Try ice. Uh, I'll try and and, and he goes on to say, when, "When the avalanche came," um, and that's one of the first things that occurred to me when Kelly made us do this. To be fair I mean, to me, Kelly uh, suggested in an avalanche, ice is fast. 
ISIS fast. And an avalanche, it does move pretty quickly. You know, Barack Obama founded ISIS. Yeah. Are you being sarcastic, Dingus? What? Kelly Wan, what's your third favorite avalanche in a movie? There's so many to choose from. Uh, my number three... Okay, so the theme of my list, the reason I was so excited about doing this list and getting to hear you guys contribute your, your thoughts and your visions and your dreams to something this exciting um, for the benefit of the internet, my theme was uh, the evolution of the avalanche in movies. So interesting. Three, yeah, this sounds very scholarly. Well, I like. Yeah, that. I was yeah. pretty erudite. I approached it the way a scientist would approach ice cores. As I was saying, <laughs> the first avalanche movie I think I ever saw was called Avalanche. The movie. 1979. 1976, I think. I was close. What's it about? So, it's about an avalanche. Oh, um, Rock Hudson is it? And Dingus get is it? Get it? Yeah. See? Brock Hudson. <laughs> and Ice McEwen. And Dingus's least favorite actress, Mia Farrow, is in it. Oh, that's right. Dingus hates Mia Farrow, and he it's, hates Rosemary's baby. Yeah, and she looks just like Rosemary in it. I like the baby. The baby's just fine. What about its eyes? What have you done to its eyes? Yeah, they're, Dingus. they're like a doll's eyes. Uh, that, see, Dingus doesn't... He's screwing up Brought the quotes. back to Harlan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, the eyes move backwards how did those eyes move backwards Annabelle my uh so I don't know if you've seen Avalanche the movie um that sounds but, like one of those movies Kelly Wan where it should be over in you know 30 seconds the Avalanche isn't until an hour into the movie that's how actually, the stupid disaster no. movies went know, wasn't you gotta it? meet all the characters oh and then the d- disaster yeah. takes like you know a few seconds it's, an yeah. Avalanche is terrible it's Especially like a tornado yeah, my favorite of those well, is Smash Up on Interstate Five. That's always my favorite. <laughs> the, the movie just leads up to a huge Smash Up on Interstate Five. Um, yeah, what in airport movies they do that? Well, so sometimes should... I mean, sometimes it's like it happens early on, like where Arthur Karen Black crap. has to fly the plane for a while until right, like uh, a Cessna flies into your plane, and now somebody has it, somebody else has to fly it. What a Messerschmitt. Actually, you can't do that in an airplane movie, Kelly Wan, because, again, an airplane will crash. It takes 30 seconds. It blows up. Everybody's dead. You've got to have some drama. Like, it's got to crash in the ocean and sink, or it's got to have a hole in it, and the stewardess has to fly it. Or it's got to have a – what was the Concords deal in Airport 79? It was a terrorist. I think it was another bomb. Yeah. yeah. They just went back to bombs. Right, right. Uh, was it another Harry insurance Hill? scam? Towering Inferno, a skyscraper can burn for a long time. That's uh, that's going to yeah. fill the 90-minute running time easily. But yeah. I don't know. Earthquake, by the way, that's another one. Earthquake, that's 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, what a ripoff. The that was a TV movie, though. No, it wasn't. Three it was, hours. That was a sense-around movie. If was I it? it was Charlton Heston. Yeah, so wasn't it? Right. I, I think that was a real movie and not a TV movie. I could be well, wrong. The fun thing about Avalanche, yeah. though, and, and this is only true I cannot true wait to hear if there's a second half of this sentence that actually makes sense. <laughs> is every other one you mentioned, there's something kind of cinematic and it's easy to fake it. Like you can, there's a tornado, looks kind of cool, and you can, it's just people running from it and getting blown around by wind. So you can obviously simulate that really easily. With an earthquake, you just shake the camera. It's really easy. Oh, right. With all the airport movies, you can fake it. But with Avalanche, you're basically covering people with rocks and snow. 
so you can't really hurt them. So, and it was like this was made in 1976 when FX were really primitive. So it's just like this animated falling over people in this really cheap way. Right. Like that was supposed to like terrify us. Hopefully, cinema has evolved since then. As my list continues. Interesting. But, okay. Hmm. The avalanche sequence in the movie, uh, at one point, uh, there's like, for some reason, no one hears the avalanche coming. And so there's like, uh, you see the avalanche hit different groups of people that none of them hear it coming or or tell each other it's coming. And there's like these people sitting on bleachers watching a girl do ice skating and they're all clapping and then the avalanche kills them. And then there's like a shot of like her doing pirouettes on the ice and then the ice covers her up. Like she still doesn't hear it. And then there's a cook in a kitchen with a chicken who gets killed. And there's a cook carrying a cake, and it, like, knocks over the cake. These are the stakes. And there's, like, a suicidal girl with pills, and she's, like, about to take the pills, and then the avalanche kills her. Oh, man, timing. Ouch. Right. So it's, that's number three. All right. Do you remember that a shark eats a parrot in Deep Blue Sea? I do, right. And it's the parrot is, like, it's been talking, hasn't it? Like, it's yeah. not just some random bird. It's, like, a character. Yeah, it's it's uh, LL Cool J's best friend, basically. But right. he's kind of—I mean, yeah. the parrot's kind of a jerk. Um, but nevertheless, there's this awful moment where the shark jumps out of the water and eats the parrot, and the, and then when uh, LL Cool J dispatches yeah. the shark with a with a zip uh, Zippo lighter, throwing it at the open oven that the shark has just broken in, he says, "You killed my bird." Yeah. He just wants his bird back like Mickey Rourke in Iron Man 2. That's a good point, actually. Uh, you really shouldn't kill animals in movies. That's just rude. I don't know. I mean, not, sharks aren't animals. Uh, like birds. Animals that have fur or feather feathers on them uh, that could be domesticated. You shouldn't kill those in movies. But sharks are okay. Sharks Tom are okay. Just said, Tom just declared that sharks aren't animals. Right. Sharks aren't animals. Oh, I see. Okay. There, There is a... a a famous website that was reviewing a video game once, and the the review asserted that squids are not animals. That's, I loved I loved that bit. What are they then? They're not animals. I don't know. Fish. They're, ca- they're Cthulhu's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're part Cthulhu. They're unnatural. Kelly Wan, the one thing I'm going to take with me forever about this stupid Joe Hill book called The Fireman that you made me read mm-hmm. yeah. is, is that the cat dies. What? <laughs> Tom. Oh. What? Uh, Dingus hasn't read it yet. Dingus isn't going to read it, and stupid. The cat doesn't even show up till the end of the book, and that just shows what an idiot Joe Hill is. He's like, I'm going to add a cat to this story, and he's like, Oh yeah, I guess I'll kill it to make people hate the villain. Yeah. No, he's he's doing a like a sexism thing, like so, Tommy Lee Jones. So stupid. So stupid. It's like the girl. No, he has a line. He has a little line for it. Remember? For the cat? No. Well, the villain says the line that you're talking about. I don't remember. I just, I just remember the cat died. And I'm very I think you should read it again and maybe pay more attention. <laughs> okay. What's going on. Is the line meow? Yeah, my cat didn't like it either. Uh, my second favorite avalanche in a movie is, of course, and this is, I mean, this goes without saying, I think the number two and number one, there's no, uh, no one's going to dispute these, and I think we're all going to have the same pick. Uh, my number two avalanche is from Triple X, where, uh, that's my number one. Of course it is. Well, you've obviously just switched. Uh, places the ones and twos that dingus and i will have well that's the best evolution of an avalanche visual mm, you might be going right? a little bit backwards we'll see i don't uh, even know what you're talking about the well dingus vin, 
Vin Diesel, how can you not know this? He, he's the uh, extreme James Bond. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> out snowboards in Avalanche, mm-hmm. and bad guys chase him on uh, jet ski or no, uh, uh, snow sleds. What are so, they? Snow cats, bobsleds. Bobsleds, yeah, that's what you call them. I was gonna say jet ski. Like he jet starts ski. the Avalanche though, too. They're like they, jet ski on jet bobsleds. You can't even steer those things. No, do like jet skis for for snow. Those uh-huh. things. At least it's not luges. Not a luge, no. You, and then he, a bunch of bad guys on those things. They're not bobsleds. What are they called? They're, I don't. I don't live in snowmobiles. Snowmobile. Thank you, Dingus. I don't live in like calling them bobsleds. We live in Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. You call them bobsleds. They're bo- you know, a bunch of guys chasing somebody on a bobsled or a toboggan or a luge. They're motorized toboggans. Snowmobiles. Oh, you guys. Yeah. But he has a snowboard. Oh, you lowlanders. So, and not only does he have a snowboard, he jumps out of an airplane with the snowboard, and he parachutes onto a mountain, and then he throws two hand grenades behind him to start the avalanche, and then he outraces the avalanche, and then he jumps onto an antenna, and the avalanche goes underneath him and kills all the bad guys, but he survives. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Number one. Number one. Uh, Stream James Bond. Number two. Number one. What? You'll see. My And my DJ Caruso news is the new Vin Diesel Triple X movie is directed by Vin, uh, DJ Caruso. Oh, <laughs> and get and it's a uh, I can't imagine why it's a January release in 2017. <laughs> Who'd have guessed it? Yeah. Uh, actually, like- funnily enough, Grant Stewart, when he wrote in, asked if after after we did Ghostbusters, Suicide Squad, and Jason Boring, as he put it, is summer the new January? Ouch! I think summers have always been like this, though. You always get some. I was trying to think of a good summer movie, and the only one that came to mind, Dingus may disagree, but I thought Star Trek was the only summer movie that worked for me, like blockbusters. Um, I'm sure there were others. What were some of the others? Yeah, this summer wasn't that bad, was it? Although it was pretty bad. Well, you like no, it's been hard. It's been hard for us because it's hard to coordinate. Stupid um, Kelly in Germany. I don't say right, but Kelly. As far as it, like, I did like Suicide Squad, and yeah, there are other good ones. What else, Dingus? What I mean, else? You, that's what you I'm saying. There's no... like Suicide Squad. I mean, that's. I fun. thought Captain does make Captain America count if it came out in May. Well, I couldn't stand that movie. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Captain America. The Civil War movie. I I didn't yeah. like. Yeah. Hmm. Or the or the X Men movie. Yeah, it's been pretty. You wait, you loved Captain America. Didn't Civil you? War. Yeah. Okay. He did? He did. He, he told you. He gave you the right. beat down. Yeah. I thought you loved it. Maybe I'm done. Uh, I remember loving Winter Soldier. I don't remember loving Civil War. Well, Dingus, your your punishment is you now have to tell us your second favorite avalanche in a movie. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> All right. No, so, that's, that's Dingus's penalty. That's what he gets for not liking Civil War. Uh, I think I am going to get in trouble for this one as well. You didn't get in trouble for the last one. Uh, oh, you know what? He said over. he was going to pull. Did you actually pull him over, Kelly Wan, or was that just? No, I liked threat? it because it's okay. a good speech. It was a good choice. Yeah. He briefly flipped this, the lights, Dingus, and then he shut him right, right back down. He won you. me over with execution, yeah. like Ben Diesel did in Triple X, State of the Onion. <laughs> State of the Onion. All right, so here's a quote from my uh, number two pick for best avalanches, leading to the great garbage avalanche of. 2,505, which would set in motion the events that would change the world forever. It's got to be idiocracy. It is idiocracy. And uh, when I when I finally struck upon this this afternoon, uh, well, I was just uh, you know doing some different things this afternoon. All of a sudden, I remembered 
um, that garbage avalanche. And I was like, but can I really swing that? Uh, and then I watched that whole opening part of Idiocracy, and indeed, it's described as the garbage avalanche. The word avalanche is actually used. I couldn't believe it. I was so excited. I was so happy because that sets in motion um, the rest of the movie. I mean, uh, it's the reason. I let you off with a warning, and this is the thanks I get. Sorry, uh, the garbage avalanche. I know it's not snow. I know it's not ice. Uh, but I just love the way all of that is built up and structured, and even the way that it's CG filmed. That whole idea of you know they they built this this these mountains of trash with no idea what they were going to do about it, and and then like one can drops on one part of it. And the whole thing causes a garbage avalanche, which runs down through the canyons of the city. And then the uh, uh, the freezer casket um, of Luke Wilson pops into the room of uh, uh, Dak Shepard. And uh, is that his name, Dak Shepard? Right? It is, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you would uh, see the movie Hit and Run, you might know that. I, I might know that, but I, I don't care for Kristen Bell. Um and it pops into his room, and and oh man, that that movie, it, it's it's again one of those movies that's so hard to turn off because Luke Wilson is just so winning in it. Uh, you know, when he wakes up in the future, or even before that, when he's talking to Maya Rudolph before they go into cryo sleep or whatever you call it, and he's like, "What do you do?" And she's like, "Well, I do a lot of stuff." And he's like, "Oh, that's great. I like people who do a lot of stuff." And you're kind of an artist then. I mean, he's just so earnest, and he's just supposed to be perfectly average. They do all these graphs of how average he is, and then when he wakes up in this world, and how amazed he is to be why am i here what's going on and when he finally realizes it and then that tattoo scene man it's really hard movie to turn off but yeah sorry kelly it's a garbage avalanche sorry kelly dingus how do you feel about hot cars do you like hot cars that are like super hot and cool because even if you don't like Kristen bell that's a reason to see hit and run i love Kristen bell i was just messing with you why do you like re- Kristen Bell? From what? Uh, Veronica Mars? Hello? Ew. What's... Ew. It's like TV. Ew. No, I just Wait, think, I like just, I just think she's super, super smart and charming. From TV, though? Okay. No, I don't know what else I've seen her in. Uh, I, can't, I can't recite her credits off at the top of my head. Well, she's good in, she's, she's good in uh, Hit and Run, if you really like her. How do you feel about Bradley Cooper with cornrows for hair? I don't care. Oh, uh, sounds like Spring oh. Breakers. It is. It is. Oh, it's Bradley Cooper's Spring Breakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about a gay Tom Arnold? Hmm. All these things, Dingus, you can have if you would just see Hit and Run already. All these things you can have. I feel like I'm being tempted by Satan. Just give it a shot. Just try it, Dingus. Just watch the first. You know, just watch the first ninety minutes, and if you don't like it, you can turn it off. Hmm. All right, this is enough. how Tom talked you into the leg condom. <laughs> what? What? Wait, what? I didn't say anything. Well, about. Kelly Wan, so avalanches in 76 didn't really look good. What happened next in the history of cinema? Okay, I'll do a quote. Uh, ring, ring. Carruthers here. I'm leaving the stapler location. I'll be at my piano number in half an hour. If you need me earlier, call me on my jock strap, but please just ring once. It sounds like a get smart thing or something. Yeah, it's the nude bomb 
from 1979. There's like an avalanche they set off, and then like his shoe phone rings after the avalanche. Is he buried in the snow, like except for? Yeah, his, like, you just see his feet. Yeah, so his large. Feet yeah. And then the lady. How is, could I have possibly known that when I haven't seen the movie? I'm pressured. Wow, I'm psychic. <laughs> the old psychic uh, video game critic uh, on the internet trick. <laughs> Very good. And loving it. Uh, what? Uh, what's the cause of this avalanche? Why should we care? Like, what's the context for this avalanche? Is there one? He shoots a gun or something. Okay. And that makes noise, and avalanches are caused by noise. Yeah, huh. and he's in like a ski lodge. Okay. It's located right under the avalanche for some reason, and so he's trying to, he's like hassling this lady uh, for And in this avalanche, do they hear it? Because they didn't uh, hear it, you said, in the Rock Hudson avalanche. They hear it, but they don't, they don't have time to do anything about it. I see. So they just wait for it to come, and then... Um, it's one of those things where you don't know what happened next. Like, wait, how'd they get out of that? They're dying, or it's, they just sort of fast forward. Right. We don't we don't find that out. Okay. Like so it's like, it's like continuity oversight or something. You think? It's just for kids. <laughs> kids don't need continuity. <laughs> but there's a thing. Yeah. They don't need to know how people get out of an avalanche. Sure. I always freak. You know, I'm always fascinated. Like in in the pre-credit sequence, he's like fighting guys outside of a plane, like at the beginning of Moonraker, and then his he's all, I'll be in the ground in two minutes, and then his his parachute cord breaks, and he's all, Would you believe two seconds? And then they just cut ahead, and you don't know how he gets out of it. He's just the like, same I'm, way that Jaws gets out sure. of the parachute breaking in the that James Bond movie where his parachute fails. And he lands on a circus tent, and he just gets up and walks away, and he's fine. Oh, no, he doesn't land. We don't see him walk away. He lands, like Jaws lands full force on a circus tent, and then it cuts. But later we find out he's alive, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so villains and spies. No, but, that, but his character's like that because he's always – he's been set up in Spy Who Loved Me as like you just can't kill him. Jaws, right. Oh, but yeah, they haven't so. – Maxwell Smart isn't set up that way. Well, I mean – He's yeah, because he can be killed. Right, okay. But also in Wild Wild West. Uh oh, here we uh, go. Wow. Will Smith and Kevin Klein, they're like they haven't really met each other formally yet, and they both discover each other and they like get guns at each other's throats at like a party at a plantation, and then Kenneth Branagh like lets a wagon full of dynamite roll into the house and then it explodes and supposedly kills them, and then it just cuts to Will Smith riding a horse in Washington later and he's like, Oh, good <laughs> man, glad he got out of that, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like it's an action movie. Like for the rest of the movie, you have to watch them try and get out of things. Like, oh, they could die. Look out. Oh, they're getting shot at. But it's like they can survive explosions just by cutting. But action sequences are another matter, Kelly Wand. It's hard to survive an action sequence. A bomb exploding is comedy. Go on. But a gunshot is tragedy plus time. (laughs) My favorite avalanche in a movie, which I will bet you dollars to donuts, is also Dingus's favorite avalanche in a movie. It's from the movie Tourist. Oh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> you probably think I'm talking about Touristas. Tourists? I'm not. Dingus, did you know that Force Majeure was called Tourist in, in uh, is it Swedish? In Sweden? Yes. Yeah, I did not know that until I, I looked it up. Uh, and am I right, Dingus? Is there is there any better avalanche in all of moviedom? than the avalanche in force majeure. Not as far as I'm concerned, no. Is that the French word for tourist? Uh, Go ahead. What was that, Dingus? That that it was 
easily my favorite, and there's no better motivated as far as motivation is concerned, and and uh, and being sort of an inciting incident kind of an idea. Yeah. How do you feel about it not being called Tourist when it was released uh, outside of Sweden? Uh, I don't I don't really get that title. And even when we first talked about it, and I looked up, and I looked it up and saw that it was called Tourist, I was kind of confused. Well, they're tourists. Yeah. I mean, you don't get that title, or you don't get Force Majeure as a title. I I like Force Majeure as a title. Right. But that didn't they change it to Tour Die Repeat after that? (sighs) You were gonna say something, Dingus, before I said that. That was just the title that I was first, you know. It, I, I saw it in some rinky-dink little theater in Pasadena. Um, but before that, I'd gone to another movie and seen this preview for this movie called Force Majeure, and I closed my eyes during it because it looked like a really good. And I don't know, just the you get a feeling for some things, and in some, you know, uh, and I just got a feeling for it. Um, and we went to see it, and. Um, yeah, I was really taken by it, but I really like the title Force Majeure. I don't get tourist. I don't understand that. Well, tourist is just like the basic. Hey, they're on. You know, they're in the Alps. They're tourists visiting the Alps. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's just it's just an unimaginative. But Force Majeure, like the more you think about it, like it it being a term for an act of God that you know the insurance company doesn't have to pay for, right. or uh, like on one sense it means hey you're absolved of responsibility for this. In the other right. sense it means uh you know you you. That you can't do anything about this. It's out of your control. Like there's, there's a couple of different implications of that right. term that that apply in the movie. But yeah. some somebody's going to have to pay is, is also the idea. I mean, if if the insurance company isn't, then somebody's going to have to pay. Um, yeah, so I, Kelly I, I Wanda, do like those those different impl- implications. You know, For, Force Majeure is not a disaster movie. I'm afraid it's a really thinky, talky Swedish movie. Uh, about moral choices and relationships and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I know, right? Kind of, I know. It is kind of a relationship. Movie. I know. See the see the noises he's making. Thing is, how can we make Kelly Wand want to see Force Majeure? Because I have an idea. Or is it? Does it involve Game of Thrones? It does. I tried this before, and I bet he's forgotten. Right, so guys. far, I would say I'd keep my eyes open for the preview, but then <laughs> shut them for the movie. Boy, Kelly, I think I think this movie would be right up your alley. I honestly do. I hmm. How I can't imagine it. Well, I don't know. It's just I don't it's know. Relationship. It's got such great tone. It's got such great humor. You know, black humor in it, um, and so many weird parts uh, that I think that Kelly would would groove on it if you know if he could. If he could watch it and read the text, and I think he does. I think he does read things. Kelly, you know? how do you how do you feel about a movie called Meek's Cutoff? Well, I like most. <laughs> Speaking of cutoff, wow, yeah. nicely done. That was amazing. I don't know if that was the joke or the internet, but it worked either way. Yeah, <laughs> that was by design. All right, so uh, Dingus, anything else to say about Force Majeure? Uh, well, it's, uh, you're the first one to talk about it, and it's your number one first. So no, I've said all I need to say. I mean, I kind of would rather. Uh, um, I'm, I'm done. I'm, do you want to set the scene or just let it go? Uh, I mean, if you want to tell people what the scene is, but I would just say the best avalanche that uh, exists in all of moviedom is clearly the one in Force Majeure, and it's a movie worth seeing. It's great. So that's that's my commentary. Dingus, why is it your favorite avalanche in all of moviedom? Uh, for me, it's it's my favorite because it's really um, 
oh my gosh, it's really, really hard to watch, but for a really, really good reason. Uh, I watched it again today, and I didn't realize I was doing this, but uh, my girlfriend said, you know, you're covering your eyes while you're doing this. You're, you're kind of, and I realized I was sort of fetaling a little bit during that scene. Um, I was doing this thing where I was just almost hiding my head uh, because of, because of what happens during the scene. And I guess, you know, Tom, you might be right not to, not to reveal too much because this particular avalanche is so good because of what transpires with the characters during it and, and what that, what, the, how the rest of the movie unfolds. I mean, it really is a brilliantly laid out movie. It's wonderfully paced. It has an amazing sense of humor to it and also an amazing sense of personal drama. Um, but during that particular moment, because of, uh, my role as, or my feeling as a man and as a father, uh, I just, I kind of like crawled into a ball while watching it. Uh, it's, it, it's so uncomfortable, but, uh, for such a good reason. And then the way the rest of the movie, uh, develops, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I can't say enough about why I, I just think people should really try to seek out force majeure because I think it has, uh, such an understanding of relationships. Uh, and I guess, that's, you know, you said this to Kelly Wand earlier. Uh, maybe that's a way to turn people off. I certainly don't mean that to be the case. But uh, the director of it is this dude named Ruben Oslin. And he said, I, I wanted to create, I think this is something he said in an interview, I wanted to create the greatest uh, avalanche on film and also increase the divorce rate. Uh, and I think he was just being trying to be funny, um, but he's just making this this wonderful uh, comment on uh, family relationships and female and male roles and all these other things that go on in the movie. Uh, and he uses an avalanche kind of to set that off. And it, and just on a on a purely visual note, the thing looks awesome. It looks amazing. It, it's and when I was watching it today, uh, I was having a hard time figuring out uh, what is uh, what is CG and what's practical. Um, I don't know if you remember the way Tom, the way that the the snow sort of fills the scene and stays in the scene and then gradually clears. But I wonder, I wonder how they filmed that and 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 how much of it is real and how much of it is digital. Yeah, just pick their, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Kelly, what if I told you there's a really hot Swedish chick in it? Which one? <laughs> just any of them. All right. <laughs> Her name is Violet. There's only one? Uh, her name is Violet? Yeah, they're in France. They're in the Alps somewhere, so I don't know. There might be other Swedes running around, but this one, the movie's about it. I'll a, know her a, when I see her. Yeah, yeah. So. Is she in it a lot? Oh, yeah. Hmm. There you go. Avalanche. So See, the thing is, that's, that's how you get Kelly Wan to see a movie. No, okay. it's not called Avalanche. You're going to accidentally watch the Rock Hudson thing again. Yeah. It's called Force Majeure. <laughs> uh, so, Tom, is your pick Tourist or Force Majeure? I don't know. Uh, tourist is such a pedestrian name. I don't, I don't know why they would have ever gone with that for this Swedish release. Uh, absolutely Force Majeure. There might actually be – it might be there is already a movie called Tourist. It might be something like that. Because no. Touristas means tourist. It's a horror, it's a dopey horror movie. Um, 
So maybe that was the conflict. I don't know. But yep, my pick is Force Majeure. Uh, Dingus's pick is Force Majeure. So Kelly Wand, you obviously know of one better than the Avalanche in Force Majeure. No, mine was Triple X. Yeah. Oh, right, right. We already know that. Whoops. Yeah. You already <laughs> okay. picked uh, Triplex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if the readers have any uh, different Avalanche movie avalanches that we've missed. Chris Cesarano writes, it figures I get a chance to submit a 3x3 three three in a Kelly Wan week. Then I'm going to finger Tom Chick. What? Hmm. Uh, oh, as my accomplice. <laughs> so that if I get tossed in the slammer, he's coming with you. Wait, why am I getting implicated? What did I do to get involved in this? Chris? All because he suggested a tsunami as a water avalanche. Uh-oh, here we go. On that note, my themed avalanches for the 3x3. Three three. Number three, Mallow Lanch from Ghostbusters. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, Marshmallow. I thought yeah. it was the name of a character or something. That's a flood, though. Avalanche I don't think it's a flood. That's, a, that's fallout from an explosion. Yeah, a flood, Kelly Wan, comes up from beneath. A mallow lanch comes down from above. Not a flash flood. Yeah, it does. Where else does it come from? <laughs> the rain. Doesn't it rain and then it floods? Well, but then the water rises. The, it's called a flood because the water rises above a certain level, not because right, it's look, rain. Look, The water right, doesn't, doesn't fall like in gallons. Yeah, when, I, when, I, yeah. when, when it's raining, people don't call it a flood, just so you know. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. No, but you, <laughs> when you see signs that say flooded area ahead, right? Flood does, that, does that mean it's raining up ahead? No, but if it's not raining, you go, fuck that sign. You just, like, drive through it. <laughs> And off the cliff. Stupid sign. Wait a minute. I thought there was a flood. You've driven off of a cliff in, in yeah. a flood? There wasn't a sign about the cliff. Man, I don't want to drive anywhere near this place you're talking about. Yeah. I was chasing a UFO that looked like ice cream. It's a good thing you didn't die, though. I did die. Throw off the cliff. You didn't die because... I totally because died. Steven, nope, because Steven Spielberg showed you getting out of the car and brushing yourself off, and he might have even added a little sad trombone sound effect. You're fine. Uh... I think the aliens have given you imaginary memories, like Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Mallow Lanch. Crossing the streams not only vanquishes Zool, but incinerates the giant Stay Puff Marshmallow Man and a melted Mallow. That's not called Mallow, is it, Tom? Well, Marshmallow. Marshmallow. So Marshmallow is how I always say it. Is that wrong? You're supposed to say Marshmallow? That makes no sense. It's spelled Mallow, but it's pronounced Mellow. Exactly. It's no Swedish. one says Mallow. No one goes Marshmallow. Right. It's the kind of people who say, like, library. Or often. February. Hey, in, in Germany here, they say southern. And I always laugh at them. What's southern? Why is that? Instead of southern. Oh, say. southern. Oh. Oh. Yeah, you should correct them on that. They're embarrassing themselves. Well, that makes sense. It's not called stuff. They need to get a Donald Trump. Anyway, which then descends from the building and sky and well, they had They had theirs, and that didn't work out so well. What? It worked out great. Oh, my God. <gasps> you can't say that. The trains run on time. <laughs> that's that's Mussolini. Everybody contributed. that. Oh, uh, honestly. Kelly, let's get back to Chris's email. Why do you keep bringing up politics? Chris Cesarano's number two is Skullvalanche from Lord of the Rings Return of the King. See what you've done, Kelly Wand? In a brilliant foreshadowing of Peter Jackson's B-movie schlock capabilities and how he later applied them to desecrating The Hobbit, Aragorn, Gimli, and Aragorn are nearly buried in an avalanche of skulls just before the cursed and undead army agree to fight for them. I call it the skull blanche. I totally don't remember that. Do you? The skull no. blanche? Mm-hmm. Is that in the extended edition? Does he say this is foreshadowing for earlier movies? Yeah. 
That's not what foreshadowing is. It is if you travel through time. Okay, fair enough. Number one, tank a lanch from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. All right. <laughs> Just things falling off of This is a farce. I prefer the tank a lanch from A Team. Yeah, I'm with you. This is a this is a farce a lanch. <laughs> That's right. That's what we think of your email, Chris. <laughs> but we do appreciate you writing in. We enjoy farce a lanches as much as regular emails. Definitely, yeah. In closing, you're on a rocks while everyone dies, and I will escape your corrupt justice system by breaking these walls down with an avalanche. Thank you. <laughs> Grant Stewart writes, Unusually, I instantly knew the three best avalanches in movies as soon as the topic was announced. They're as follows. Number three, The Revenant. As DiCaprio dismounts his horse to go and find rogue Tom Hardy, an avalanche tumbles down the mountain in the background. I guess it must have been detonated deliberately, but it plays like an original version of the clap of thunder and lightning before a big showdown. Oh, man, I wonder oh, if I changed my last one. That's, uh-huh. yeah. I'm taking out that stupid Rennie Harlan found footage movie. I'm plugging in The Revenant. That's a good one. It's a great one. That's also the best. Revenant, yeah. It's the best meteorite, too. The Revenant. Yeah. I thought he meant the horse avalanche when DiCaprio is the avalanche. And he goes over So does that mean that there's a Tauntaun avalanche in uh, Empire Strikes Back? Or is that a Luke avalanche? Oh, no, a Hannah avalanche. There was an asteroid avalanche above Hoth, which uh, no one was hiding in. See what you've done, Kelly Wan? This is all your fault. All of it. (laughs) Well, yeah. Number two, Dead Snow. Uh, mm, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's my review of Dead Snow, too. <laughs> Upon being pursued by a Nazi zombie, a forgettable girl finds herself trapped on a shelf of ice. <laughs> Wait a minute. Just the fact that he's called her a forgettable, a forgettable girl. girl. Yeah. You know what? Okay. I'm on board with this one, Grant Stewart. Forgirlable. She repeats stamps. She repeatedly stamps on the shelf, causing an avalanche and thereby killing herself in a Nazi zombie murder suicide. Still more plausible than Jason Bourne. Ooh. Yeah, I think Bourne needed snow. More. I thought he was talking about the end scene because all I remember about Dead Snow is the end scene. Uh, Dead Snow is a big old tease up until this really cool scene at the end where things are buried in the snow. But I guess that wasn't an avalanche. Isn't there an, a, a, uh, an outhouse stuff? There is, yes. Yeah, that's yep. one of, I think the first kills in Dead Snow. Yeah. Yep. I think it jumped the shark after that. Well, and, they, and it continued. There's a sequel to Dead Snow. which. Yeah, you told me not to see it. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, you said it like that, too. So I was like, eh. Number one, although I still want to see the Josh Holloway uh, haunted puppet movie. What's the haunted puppet movie? Our evil kid movie. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's like the kidnapping a red chief uh, thing. Yeah, ransoming a red chief. Yeah, because uh, he tricks the kid by shooting the wrong part of his head. <laughs> Did I tell you that? You said that the kid tries to make him shoot himself, but he's all, "Oh, he doesn't tell me. He didn't tell me to shoot myself here." <laughs> wow. Number one, Triple X. Vin Diesel's atop a mountain when he casually tosses a couple grenades over his shoulders to start an avalanche that targets bad guys. He then snowboards down the mountain on the cusp of the avalanche. That actually was his choice to make. Keep up the good work, Grant. Arthur Giovannagelli writes, Number three, the world is not enough. I wondered about that. There's, doesn't James Bond outrun an avalanche at some point? Because when I was thinking of Triple X... That's originally what I had in mind. Is I love me. There's skis, but there's no avalanche. He just jumps off a cliff and then he has a parachute because he. 
I thought James Bond outran an avalanche at some point. But, but this might be it. Yeah, I've Secret Service too. Right. James Bond right. loves skiing. He's an accomplished skier and he does it a lot apparently. Yeah, he's an awesome skier. I wonder does he does he ever ice skate? Like do you ever see James Bond like doing ice skating? In View to a Kill, he he surfs on a ski like Triple X and it was 85 and he has one ski cuz they shot his other ski so he has to like skate on one ski. Yeah, that's that's not ice skating. Oh, yeah. And then they play Beach Boys. It's really funny. Number three, the world is not enough. After some airborne snowmobiles crash, an avalanche is triggered. Fortunately, Bond is prepared. He was given an inflatable device that makes a protective ball around him and Sophie Marceau. So it was like a Temple of Doom kind of thing. And Paris is it, survived the avalanche. Would, would this have been Pierce Brosnan? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's my least favorite phase of the Bond movies. What? Yeah. Uh, Dalton, you, it's the worst. Oh, really? I just can't take. I and I know Kelly Wand has a weak spot for this, and I, I would have assumed, I would have thought better of you, Dingus. But Roger Moore, like just smarming all over nah, James the Bond. Three, for, really, the Roger the Moore. The first three Roger Moore ones are pretty cool. There's a lot. Of, I was Spy Who Loved Me is great. It was the first one I saw, so it made an impression on me because I was a little kid. And oh. uh, the first, they're really weird. The one where he goes to Harlem and Live and Let Die is fucking crazy. Well, Lazenby's the usual punching bag, but I but he only had stand. one chance, and it was so early. I like that one. I like Undermanage's Secret Service. It's weird too. It is There's weird, but I just think he's just so vacant. I don't know. Uh, it's just an interesting. I don't know. It's it's oh, it's underrated compared to other ones that like Goldfinger to me is kind of a weak one because he's like captured the whole movie, and at the end someone else turns off the bomb for him. That's like <laughs> come on. <laughs> Can't he do it? Uh, number two, the Simpsons movie. I thought of this one, too. Uh-oh, it's a cartoon, it sounds like. I, uh, it's a good, I don't know. Pull him over. Don't let Arthur get away with that. He's talking about a cartoon. No, it's legal. After the Simpsons have fled to Alaska, Homer encourages Bart and Lisa to clap for their new home. The children do this, which causes an avalanche, trapping Homer and Marge in the house, allowing for some much-needed husband and wife time. Number one, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Blofeld and some Spectre goons are chasing the Lazenby version of Bond and Diana Rigg when they approach a sign that warns them they're in an avalanche area. Ooh. Blofeld <laughs> sees this and shoots a flare at a mountaintop, triggering an avalanche that allows him to capture Rigg. See? Triple oh, so there is one in On Her Majesty's. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It makes them think they've killed 007. I guess there'd have to be if it's snow, right? For the whole movie. Dave Perkins writes, I can only think of one avalanche, so by default it's my favorite, but fortunately I loved it. The avalanche at the end of The Revenant, a portent of the upcoming hand-to-hand combat. Dingus, that was your favorite movie of the year. It's your fault that you didn't think of that. Yeah, I feel totally dumb. It's your fault that I didn't think of it, too. I take take full responsibility. I forgot it was his favorite movie. It's such a great little touch, too. It's just this idea that nature is in tune with what's going on with the protagonist, and we're just going to do a little – I mean, you just sort of throw it away like that. It's so cool. Yeah. Shoot. It's symbolic of the character's cold. That's what I just said. Oh. Dave Perkins <laughs> also wrote. Wait, he also wrote? Yeah, he said he, he only that. had one. All right. Then he wrote, Michelle thought of the food avalanche and cloudy with a chance of meatballs from which the policeman <laughs> and his family flee, carrying a grilled cheese sandwich sailboat. We watched it on YouTube, and it's a hell of an avalanche, so she submits it as her favorite. I love that he That's brought that up. Here. 
That's very funny, actually, uh, because I think that the people who did the music for Jason Bourne, uh, one of the people who did the music for Jason Bourne, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Moby. What? Moby. It was not Moby. That's what all you... I can think of. That's who did the music for Jason Bourne. What do you... I don't know what you're talking about. He did Spectre. He did the Spectre song. Spectres. Moby Spectre. did a Spectre song? Yeah, didn't he? He's moonlighting for James Bond and from from Jason Bourne. I don't yeah. approve of that. It happens all the time. Those are some pretty extreme ways. I don't like that. They have the same uh, beats. All right. All right. Which well, is the one? Oh, good. Well, the, so the, the, the Jason way? Bourne music. You were going to say something, Dingus. Uh, what I was going to say is that one of the guys who did the music for the Jason Bourne movie, and I cannot remember the two guys did the music, and I don't quite understand how that worked. But one of them did the music for a bunch like things like Rio, Rio Two, How to Train Ugh. Your Dragon. And there's I think, two Rios. Yeah, there's two Rios. Um, but uh, but he also did. I, I'm almost certain he also did the music for um, for Cloudy, and and when Cloudy with a chance. What, or maybe I just maybe just reading all, about all these different weird animated movies just made me think of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and how that could be an avalanche of food. So I love that Michelle brings this up because I I I totally thought about that as, as this idea of this avalanche of food. But this is when early in the week, you know. Also, I was trying to think of how am I going to game this an avalanche of emotions? Am I actually going to have to track down actual snow avalanches? What am I going to do, Kelly? <laughs> can't stand you. But I love you. Yeah. Um, Take a so, number. So, <laughs> so, uh, so for some reason, cloudy with a chance of meatballs came into my head, and I love that Michelle brought that up. I don't like movies with geography titles, or it just says the name of a place, except for Crawl. It's the only good one. Well, that's because it always moves. Yeah. Well, yeah. Chris Markardson, beloved patron saint of the podcast, writes, Hey guys, here are a few avalanches. Number three, Snowpiercer. What? That title's never been said with that tone before. Excitedly. Snowpiercer! An avalanche knocks the train which holds the last remnants of humanity off its tracks. I remember that part. Don't you? No, I didn't get to see Snowpiercer, unfortunately. Oh, so it's probably harder to remember that part. Yeah, it is really hard to remember it without having seen it. Wait, try harder. <laughs> my it's explode. Don't make That's how that explode. line was supposed to be said. Uh, did you Number like two. Snowpiercer? Um, it's uh, it's got a lot of issues, and it jumps the shark. And I don't understand why that character would be repulsed by bugs if he's already a cannibal. They have bugs on the train. Yeah, they eat bugs. And he's like, oh my god! It's like, he acts like it's the biggest fucking revelation. But it's like, he's already done worse. So it seems weird that he go, oh, bugs, fuck. What a terrible dystopia I live on. <laughs> Number two, Fellowship of the Ring. Saruman's meddling brings down an avalanche upon the Fellowship as they attempt to cross Caradhras, forcing Caradhras, the Fellowship yeah. to go through Casa Doom. I was yeah, wondering, I was wondering if there's an avalanche there. Yeah, they just kind of avoid it. Well, they have to go. They have to go through because of Doom is Moria, right? They have to right, take a different of, route. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid Saruman. Gandalf wouldn't have turned to Gandalf the White if Saruman hadn't done that, though, right? 
Yeah. So thanks, Sarah, man. Good yeah. work, Sarah, man. Idiot. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Number one, Inception. The kick oh. of the van falling off the bridge in the first dream level causes an avalanche in the third dream level. Yeah, it's that snow base level. Yeah. Yeah. The one that the Call of Duty in the snow base part of, of Inception. Right. You know, you have that dream all the time, don't you? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And that dream where they're in traffic. My favorite dream is when I dream about a spinning top. That's the one that yeah. really gets me. Then I wake up. Thanks, guys. Chris. I always dream like I'm lying down on train tracks. Are you tied up like a damsel? No, it's just like my pillow. That seems weird. Like, a lot of people died that way. Like, oh, I'll just take a nap on the train tracks. And I always was really fascinated that that was their idea of, like, that was better than the ground. Like, it's not soft. Well, Finn does that. Sorry, Finbar. Anyway. The guy on. from Force Awakens? No. <laughs> Who would Finn be in Force Awakens, Kelly Wand? Isn't that the Stormtrooper? Yeah, that's the Stormtrooper. Oh, no, you're right. Good lord. Oops. Ah. Uh, no, I was quizzing you, Kelly Wand. I knew that. I just wanted to know if you knew it. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Finn in Force Awakens. <laughs> now I've heard everything from Oops. Kelly Wand. And nice. I just established my uh, cred as a Tolkien geek with my... Gandalf the White comment, right? And then yeah, I, blew it nice. out. I ruined it with a Star Wars flub. Nice move. Yeah, your favorite Star Wars movie, you called it also. <laughs> I'd like to remind you. Favorite Star Wars movie, Episode 7. Favorite Star Wars movie, Tom Chick. Favorite episode. Second favorite, I would go with that. Yeah. What? That's not what you said. Did no. you? Did I? No, it's, I mean, everybody agrees Empire Strikes Back is the best one. I mean, that's a, that's a no-brainer, but... Remember when we argued about the poster being good? Of Empire Strikes Back, and you're like, yeah, it's just it's a bunch of shit that happens in the movie. That's Spoilers, not, yeah. That's yeah. Thanks, That's Drew Curtin. Poster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always thought that, yeah, that's all happening at once because it's all one day. <laughs> one crazy day in the Star Wars universe. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, that's it for the listeners on Avalanches. All right, I'm sure we got a lot of runners up. A lot of them we didn't we didn't we met. Hey, nobody wrote in with Force Majeure. What the hell? Yeah, what's no going one's on? Seen it. Nobody's listening. Dingus, we've done a terrible job yeah. selling it. And this is a born podcast, so no one's going to hear this either. Hmm. So well, we'll in that case, uh, let's get on with it. <laughs> yeah, next week's three by. Well, three. no, no, there there oh. is one one runner up. Okay, Dingus thought of a fourth avalanche. What is it? I couldn't. This is uh, the dumbest topic I've but, ever proposed. But somebody else did. Uh, when she was trying to research things, and I was like, I don't re- you can't research things. Um, and then this effort Alexander, she's like, why don't you just search online for Avalanche movies? I'm like, you can't do that. That's cheating. Um, yeah. is it, is it Kelly Wand? Not really. I sometimes when I get stuck, will Google like avalanches in movies. And if I haven't seen the movie, I won't pick it. But sometimes I'll do that if I can't think of something. In it. I wanted to watch the avalanche from Avalanche again, and it's on YouTube, and it's pretty funny. So, Dingus or Kelly Wine and I cheating? Uh, no, you guys, you guys, you follow whatever morality you need to follow. That's fine. Dingus says Obi Wan says 
everything is relative, right? Isn't it? What's it's that not, quote we made fun of you for? Obi-Wan I'm Carl Sagan. I'm not going uh, to do this again. Everything that you perceive as good and evil is up to you entirely. I think that's the Obi-Wan that, quote. That's something. exactly right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was the quote? Because it made sure, sense, the actual you. wording. Like, we, you kind of have to mess up the wording to make it sound ridiculous. What's the actual quote? You're good at quotes. The actual quote where we accused Obi-Wan of basically moral relativism. Reality is relative from a certain point of view. <laughs> That's right. Please do it in the voice. Uh, no, seriously, what is the quote? Because I, I don't want to assume that Obi-Wan is, is a moral relativist. So Obi-Wan says, uh, so, you know, Luke accuses him of uh, lying to him about who his father was. And Because right? he, he betrayed and murdered your father. And Obi-Wan explains what actually happened. And he says, so what I told you was true from a certain point of view. And Luke says, from a certain point of view? And uh, Obi-Wan says, Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly upon our own point of view. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, because he says many of the truths, not like all truth. Yes, that's the point how of we making fun that time, and you guys were all like hammering me. Wait, like, how no. are we making fun of you? We didn't have a leg to stand on. It sounds you like weren't you. listening to me. That's why. Oh, that makes it a lot easier. Right. Right. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, the runner-up that Alexandra gave me is a movie called Avalanche Sharks. Oh yeah. I oh no, I'm, I'm thinking of Snow Sharks. Okay, I, I don't think I've seen it, Avalanche. Sharks. It is called Snow Sharks. Oh right, uh, I have seen that. Yeah, but it's also uh, alternately titled Avalanche Sharks. Mm-hmm. Why does she so, know that? Oh, because she researched it. Up. See, she didn't she see it. Up. That would be cheating. She didn't right. see it. Like and I, and uh, there was no way to find it or buy it in order to watch it. So I I couldn't I couldn't include it. But I do love the IMDb uh, synopsis of it, uh, and wish I could include it as a quiz at some point. So avalanche sharks, which also on the posters is known as snow snow sharks, um, tells the story of a bikini contest that turns into a horrifying affair (laughs) when it is hit by a shark avalanche. Because there are the ghosts of sharks that, of course, come down the mountain. And don't – you might think, oh, I'm going to see that. Nope, don't see it. Don't – I hate bikinis. And when she she brought that up, I I said, I'm certain Thomas said something about this movie. I am almost – positive because you know i have seen i've seen dead snow i have actually i have a friend who worked as a stuntman on it um uh there are things about dead snow that i actually liked a lot uh but then when tom i think i'm almost certain tom you told me about snow sharks or avalanche sharks whatever it's called um that you that you told me about it and you said yeah just just avoid that at all costs i i confessed to seeing it like because that's one of those no, cra- i mean those that, things are you did. I think you said there's this thing. This is this is a thing. I'm almost certain you said it was a thing. Well, these these things are a dime a dozen. Where you just think of a dopey title, it all comes from uh, Sharknado, and even it even predates yeah. Sharknado. Is you just think of a dopey title or concept that just sounds ridiculous, and you make a really crappy, cheesy, not even B level, but like Z level movie. Usually, you do it like your friends, and if you're lucky, you get a little money from the Sci-Fi Channel to do it. But there's so much crap like that, like Lava Lantula and stuff like that. And you might think, oh, that sounds funny. I'm going to see it. It's never funny. It's never good. It's never yeah. even one of those so bad it's good. It's just bad. What uh, about Noah's shark? <laughs> is that a thing? I would see that. Yeah, I would too. I would totally see that. There's two of them. Even. Yeah, because he's got to have two of them. And how does, he, how does he deal with that? Actually, they can just live outside the ark. So right. Do they just it. follow the ark? Like, is that the yeah. deal? Huh. Did he bring a fish on board? You go, well, you guys, we, you can just... I think so. since they're in water, they don't have to. Right, but it's still a rule, maybe. Kellyanne, <laughs> we don't have we don't have time to discuss theology. All right, 
Wait, I thought this was ichthyology. Very good. Wow. Mm, very well done. Ha-ha. We always have time for that because then we can bring it around to Jaws. See? Well oh. And tentacles. Oh, yeah, tentacles, right. Why aren't there more giant octopus movies? I don't know. Giant squid movies and stuff. That Eventually that, tried to get it going. Well, that needs to be a new thing. Like That needs to be the next wave of stuff. Let's move on past sharks and just go straight to giant octopuses and giant squids already. Jeez, a Pete. Maybe it's not as scary. Like, getting chewed to death sounds annoying, but <laughs> a squid but killing you. No, a squid. Like, yeah, like, it's fine. What are you talking about? It's, it squishes you, but it also has this weird parrot's beak that it eats you with. That's freaky. Oh, does it? Yeah. Okay, I'm thinking of spiders. <laughs> that's freaky, too, but I don't want to see that because that's genuinely creepy. Squids would be, like, cool. Like, I thought they, remember, they squirt ink at you. They do that when they're scared then, to run away. But, like, don't you remember in the, the 54, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea where, like, Kirk Douglas and all them, James Mason, are fighting the squid? It's like picking up dudes and dragging them towards its creepy parrot beak mouth. Oh. I thought that was an octopus. Octopuses don't have parrot beaks, I don't think. That must have been no, a... No, that's what I'm saying. No, yeah, it's a giant squid. Because can't you see the Nautilus being attacked by a giant squid? It never fights a giant octopus. That makes no sense, Kelly Wand. Oh. Jules Verne would be very disappointed in you, and so would Disney. It eats people? Sure. They're a good snack. Right. Yeah. Mm. You saw tentacles, you know. Although that was That's a good point. Yeah. Did you uh, know, and we actually re- remember octopuses don't have tentacles. Oh, yeah. We learned that. They're called arms. So tentacles basically is misnamed. They need to fix that. But are ours arms are called tentacles. Uh, they are called arms, I believe. Yeah, oh, okay. legs. Legs would be used for uh, for motion, for moving yourself. Arms would be used for manipulating things. I imagine. Mm. That's not true. Wait, so what has a tentacle? Because yeah, I use my arms. A squid. A squid has. I believe it's even. Uh, the idea is even a squid has arms, but the tentacles are different kind. Of, like they have two tentacles. I might have that wrong. But octopuses, they're not technically called tentacles. They're called arms. Squids have arms too, but amongst those arms, they have these little tentacle things. In Better Off Dead, they're called testicles. See, Kelly Wand? See what happens when we try to talk? I'm letting him out of jail. <laughs> Dingus, that has nothing to do with theology. can't listen to him anymore. Yeah. It's foolishness. Are you guys ready for next week's 3x3? Three three? Super red. Normally, we do things in movies. Next week's 3x3, three three, these are things that aren't in movies. <laughs> okay. Because Just stop right, right there. I could do that. Well, uh, hold on. It's, it's, it's a little more specific than that. <laughs> These are your favorite deleted scenes. Oh, I was thinking about this one, too, for a while. Because all, we all know of some, and I'm sure right now you're thinking of – there's a very commonly known couple of them that we'll, we'll talk about next week, I'm sure. Um, but there's some that are lesser known. Maybe you've seen them on the features on a DVD that you've got. Tell us about deleted scenes, and I'm not necessarily saying deleted scenes you think need to be in the movie to make it good. Sometimes you watch a deleted scene, and you're like, wow, that was cool. I understand why it's not in there, but I'm glad I saw it. Tell us about your three favorite deleted scenes from movies. Uh, if you have any that you're thinking of, we would love to know about it. Send those in to 3x3 at quarter3.com, and we will read them on the air. Kelly Wan, did you have questions about what constitutes a deleted scene? Uh, so it's one that's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually a prerequisite. It cannot be in the movie. That is the, and we have to come up with five. As a matter of fact, that is the only prerequisite. That it cannot be in the movie. Otherwise, in the movie? anything goes. Yeah. So it's it just from a book. Yeah. Well, that's not a scene, is it? That's I have a serious question. Can it be extended part of the scene? If no. it's deleted from the theatrical release, I think it will qualify. Does that answer it? 
uh, even if it's uh, like I'm just talking about the definition of the word scene. So uh, say that the scene, an extended part of a scene is on the DVD, um, but it's not technically a deleted scene. It's just part of the scene was deleted. Yeah, well, so, I think we. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, we traditionally we think of them as deleted scenes, but I will say, like I said, anything, any portion that was shot that didn't make it in the theatrical release that you like, uh, and that includes parts of scenes that where the scene is in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. What about alternate endings? If they were deleted, yeah, sure. Now, if it's a movie that has like an alternate ending, I just saw a movie about some girls that get in a shark cage. And the rope breaks, and they fall underwater, and they're surrounded by sharks, and they're running out of oxygen. They then hallucinate that the sharks eat them. But the real ending is they get rescued. So alternate endings. Not deleted scenes, though. Sometimes you have an alternate ending in a movie. So as long as it didn't make the theatrical release or the VOD release, as sometimes the case may be. So it's a reverse Owl Creek. What is Owl Creek? I don't know. Really? You Philistines. What's a Philistine? Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge, the Ambrose Beers, where the guy, he's get, he's getting hanged on the bridge, and then... This sounds like a western and not a horror movie, which is why it's I have It's a Twilight seen. Zone, too. Oh. So it is kind of a horror thing. All right. And then the rope breaks, and all this shit happens to him, and he falls in love, and all this, and then at the end, you just see... And then the, the, he then he hangs at the end. You find it was all just his final hallucination. Oh sure. What's that? Uh, is it Thomas Wolfe? The short story about the guy getting shot in the brain in the bank robbery. You guys Maybe know what I'm talking about. Come on, that's famous. He's in a. It's a guy and there's a bank robbery and he mouths off to the robbers and he gets shot in the skull and all this stuff goes through his head and it's the oh yeah short yeah, story. Yeah. I think I it's that. isn't it the, like Thomas Wolfe? Speed. Of, I don't know if it's Thomas Wolfe, but it's like talking. But how fast the bullet moves as far as his thoughts are concerned. Yeah, and it ends with him remembering the kid talking about how, uh, like, what is I don't know baseball positions, but how one of them is the best day is. It's like shortstop is the best day is. And he's remembering playing baseball as a kid. I think I remember a friend of ours named Aaron objecting to that on scientific grounds. Because thoughts actually move faster, don't move as fast as a bullet. It doesn't. They uh, don't. Yeah, I disagree with that. Right. <laughs> I, di- I disagree with a lot of science. <laughs> well, it happens. Uh, okay, so um, you're not talking about outtakes, though, right? Because those are technically deleted things. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Well, uh, you know, if you want to use that, yeah. But a lot of times, not so outtakes that are in... Like outtakes and bloopers. I mean, we've done bloopers great. though, so these are not bloopers. No. These are like because these are like scenes that are deleted. I don't know. That's a tough one, Dingus. We did bloopers, so no, no bloopers. Because we already did those, right? After the foolishness I had to contend with over avalanches, I would expect anything to be valid at this point. Deleted scenes. Uh, yeah, because that's right, because a lot of stuff gets deleted because, like, you know, Will Ferrell starts giggling. Actually, he's never the one that laughs. Somebody right. starts laughing at Will Ferrell. Right. It's usually more. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what? Use your best judgment. Lives. You Oof. know what a deleted scene is. I'm not talking about gag reels. I don't want to see stuff like Picard on Star Trek doing a mugging for the camera because something, something, something funny. Okay, good. I just wanted to put that on the table so that people wouldn't put it on the table. Yeah, don't show me that video where Riker sits down funny ways different times. Because actually, those aren't even deleted. As a matter of fact, nothing from Star Trek is allowed. No, no, scene, no quality scenes have ever been deleted from a Star Trek. Oh, my Does gosh. Does Stormtrooper hit his head in the movie or is I'm that deleted? only going to include deleted scenes from Star Trek. That would that be allowed. That's okay. The motion picture. I, they never deleted scenes from it. They just shot whatever they had. And they edited it together. They, they stitched it all together. up. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, go. Right. 
they were on space for five years, and they just brought it back and said, here's all our footage. Right, just like Blair Witch Project. They go out in the woods, they shoot it, they give the stuff, the, the footage to the guys to edit. Movie. Yep. Right, sure. absolutely. Uh, all right, next week we are going to see a movie called – it's named after a, a non-precious is, – is this a precious metal? It's got to be semi-precious. It's not as precious as the other ones. We're going to see a movie called The Bronze. <laughs> and the reason we're going to see it, it had a theatrical release. It uh, has recently been uh, released video on demand, DVD, all that sort of thing. The reason we're going to see it is because sometimes I tell Kelly Wan, I think he should see a movie, and he doesn't see it because mm-hmm. he doesn't believe me. Force uh, this one, I, I, the only way I know to ensure that Kelly Wan sees it is if we make it a topic for the podcast. So next week we're going to be doing a movie called The Bronze, and I also want Dingus to see it, even though I might say it's not for Dingus. No, it is for Dingus, fortunately. Mm. But we'll get into that next week. If you would like to see The Bronze, if you have any thoughts about it or comments, send those in a separate email from 3 by 3 submissions, but also send those to 3x3 at quarter3.com. We would love to read your thoughts on The Bronze next week as well. So join us for a bronze podcast and a three-by-three about deleted scenes (laughs) in a week. I am Tom Chick. I have been joined by Christian Malinsky. It's Christian Morosky. We also had Kelly Wand. I'm too tired to eat. A uh, little known fact, and actually a fact, Reese Ahmed, before he was an actor and still is, uh, is a is a rap singer. And these are Reese Ahmed cuts. He he performs as Reese MC. True story. Oh. Well, that's Wait. That, that's deep. It's a deep dream. He was the one who played the girl in Jason Bourne. He was the guy that you called a Mexican. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just because he's a good rapper. I swore an oath to keep it secret. This lie has kept Apocalypse at bay for hundreds of years. We were afraid if the Queen's heart was destroyed, you'd lose your immortality or die. That wasn't your choice to make! He's not a candy ass. Listen to that. Yeah. Kelly, I think you found a back door. (laughs) It's the only way in. Or out.